the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's another Monday, but it's a different Monday than the last Monday, so I'm sure today will be different than last Monday since I wasn't here last Monday, and I'm sitting here today. I was down in San Antonio a week ago Monday. I had just been there for my granddaughter's graduation, and, uh, well, by this time I was already well on my way back. It, and, and that was a long ride. It's about a ten and a half hour ride between Little Rock and, or for me, Cabot and uh, San Antonio, Texas. So anyway, that's gone. It's passed. I enjoyed it. I got to do a whole five days this week. Life is tough, isn't it? But I'll get I'll get along without uh, you know doing those other two days. I can get by on it. I've got uh, a guest in the studio that I've not had in my studio before. It's good to have him here. I've always been a big proponent of going down to to Magic Springs. I think it's a great place for families to go to and have some fun during the hot days of the summertime. I think they do a great job on their uh, uh, concert series that they have every year. And... uh, Mike Wampler is with us. He's the uh, director of sales and marketing. Uh, they've got a Christian artist that's coming in here in the very near future that you'll want to see. Uh, he is to kind of, to be honest with you, he's kind of a, a weird duck, so to speak, and uh, that he has become so popular can only be attributed to God Himself. To be honest, that's the way I feel about it. But uh, but he's really good. He's coming to Magic Springs. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. But, Mike, thanks for coming in to uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. I'm really pleased that you all decided to come by and visit with us. Well, thank you, Dave. I'm glad to be here today. Yeah, what, what's going – what's some of the new stuff? I, I mean, we'll come and talk about the concerts and stuff, but there's other things to talk about, about Magic Springs. What's some of the new things that are going on out there right now? Well, we opened back on April the 7th, and if you remember – uh, April the 7th was probably one of the coldest days of the year. We're standing there uh, at our brand new ride, the Brain Drain, 130 feet tall, 13-story thrill ride. We're watching the clock because we opened the park early for our season's pass holders to ride before anyone else. Right. And I asked Siri, I said, hey, Siri, what's the temperature at my location? And she politely responded, it's 31 degrees. Wow. And I went, and it, right as she said that, snow started to fall, and I thought, it's going to be a good day at Magic Springs. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, Brain Drain is our newest thrill attraction. It's the first major thrill ride to be put into Magic Springs in the past 10 years. And you and I both have limited amounts of it, but it's hair-raising fun. I might need to ride it. Maybe I could get some See? extra air since I shave all my hair off about every two days. And we've got the uh, the green hair that you've probably seen at some of the other media outlets. Right. And you look like a troll when you come <laughs> off the ride. Your hair's standing straight up. And it's it's a unique ride. I, I like to tell people that it's like a vertical roller coaster. And by that, I mean you slowly go up 
in in the gondolas with your friends, and it's really quiet. So it's like being in a hot air balloon. Oh, that's cool. And you can look out, and you know how beautiful the landscape yes, is. Yes, it around. is. So you're looking out over the national park, and you're thinking, oh, no big deal. And you're, you can almost see downtown Hot Springs. And without any warning at all, you're suddenly rushing to the ground at over 50 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and gets everybody's heart rate and up. Absolutely. Because, you know, the drop rides that they have at Disney and the Tower of Terror and things like that, at least there's a warning. There's a buzzer. Yeah, or yeah, just a, yeah. But this ride is so quiet and so well-maintained that you have no idea that what's about to happen until it does. Uh, very cool. Now, is the last uh, ride new ride it was it the the big roller coaster that y'all put in and that was before my time i've only had the pleasure of being at magic Springs since february of last year but it's my understanding that i believe the gauntlet yeah the the big yellow roller coaster that's viewable from the interstate was the last edition and it was almost 10 years ago i can't believe it's been that long it it has been And, and of course magic springs celebrating our 40th anniversary the park opened on July 22nd, 1978, and it's had a, a long history of, of ownership. There was, you know, the original ownership group that, that envisioned Magic Springs. Mm-hmm. And then I believe someone has told me they shuttered for a couple a couple seasons uh, and then reopened under another management group. But, you know, and everyone has their own opinion of how to manage a theme park. And Correct. The previous ownership felt that it would be better suited as a water park. And so many rides were taken out one at a time, year after year, to the dismay of all the Loyal Seasons pass holders. And because it was being transformed into Crystal Falls. Right. Well, Premier Parks, one of the major theme park operators in the country, took over management rights to the park in January of 2017 with the commitment of installing a new themed attraction each season, making improvements to the park, and re- and we actually rebranded as Magic Springs Theme and Water Park because we're Arkansas's only theme park and we feel like we're Arkansas's biggest water park. So two parks, one price, and we want we want to make magic memories for those families because let's face it, that's what a theme park experience is. It's 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 such a such a visceral experience with you're building that memory that lasts a lifetime. Yeah, it's for family. Absolutely. It's a good time. It's a good, a good thing to do. I mean, you go out and have some fun, you know, eat some food you're probably maybe not supposed to eat, but you eat it anyway. <laughs> you, you get with the family, ride some of the rides, everybody screams, has a good time, and then you go cool off over there in the water park. Exactly. Exactly. And, and of course, as you mentioned, the concert series, uh, we do our dive-in movies in July where you can float in the tube at the, at the uh, wave pool and watch a first-run film such as Star Wars, The Last Jedi. Oh, cool. You know, I didn't know about that. Every Friday in July, we do a different, a different film. There are four, those four Fridays. Uh-huh. Uh, we're, as I said, we're kicking off with Star Wars, The Last Jedi on Friday, July the 6th. Mm-hmm. We follow that up on Friday the 13th with uh, Smurfs. Then we come back on the 20th with Justice League, and then we close out the series on the 27th with The Nut Job 2. It's an animated yeah. an, an animated film. It's a squirrel. Exactly. And then we do the, the Wacky Wednesdays on the Wednesdays of July where parents can bring the kids out to meet a different costume character such as Dora the Explorer, All right. uh, SpongeBob, things like that. Of course, everyone has come to know Magic Screams, which yeah. is the Halloween promotion in the fall. 
And that's an opportunity for them to have family fun by day and frights by night. And to make it even better, we've committed to open four hours earlier. So every day during that eight-day Halloween promotion, we'll be opening at noon, running to 11 on Saturdays and until 9 on Sundays. Correct me if I'm wrong, but many of the theme parks across the United States do this on Halloween now. That's correct. I think Universal out in California was probably the first. And from what I understand, it is one of the biggest uh, attractions during the course of a year for most theme parks now. Most theme parks actually see summer-level attendance in that short window, be, wow. it, be it four, six, or eight weeks. And as as we here in, in Hot Springs do, we do we do an eight-weekend. Uh, it's it's the it's the four weekends, eight days, and we see we see great crowds. It's a totally different type of experience because we re, we reimagine the park with the frightful experiences in those haunted houses. Mm-hmm. And those are all included free with your paid Magic Springs admission. Now, cool. For the year, uh, the year season, your t- tickets. Season, season's Pass, by far, is the best value. We mm-hmm. actually committed to our loyal uh, guests that we dropped the Season's Pass price this year. We're now at sixty four ninety nine plus tax when you purchase it online. That's a good buy. We're holding that price. It's only $5 more than a one-day adult admission. And so you're right. You get 119 days of, of, of enjoyment. It's unlimited theme and water park. Your concerts are free with that season's pass. Um, you can't beat it. Well, let me just say thank you for the many times that Magic Springs has brought Joan Jett uh, to Central Arkansas. She's one of my favorite rock and roll artists. And I think uh, since I've been here over the time uh, that Magic Springs is uh, been around. I think she's been here five times. Oh my goodness! She's really. You know, she may be one of the most the most played performers at the at the Timberwood Amphitheater. Well, her and, and Rick Springfield both seem to make uh, quite a few trips around Central Arkansas. They do. They got a big big crowd base. Absolutely. You know, Lots he, of fans. Rick was with us last year. You know, and Jesse Girl was was the song of the evening. Yeah, I so. bet you they love that song. So you tell me. Uh, you know, I have heard from several people this year that the uh, what you all are doing out there uh, for the concert series is better than what has been done in the past, that it has been run better, it's quicker, it's easier to get to the, to the concerts. The concerts are, are, are cleaner and sound better. And uh, I was just talking to a gentleman who was on his way to Magic Springs this last weekend, seeing Queensryche and some of the other folks that were going to be there. And... Uh, he was all excited about it. What did, what did you? What are some of the changes that you made to make the experience better? Because he noticed. Well, thank you. It starts. It starts with the basics. It's the training of the employees, the staff, and making sure that they all have that family first mentality for our guest. Uh, I started in the theme park industry way back in 1972 at Six Flags Over Georgia, and at that time. We, we felt that you were coming to our theme park. It, the, the philosophy was you're coming to our home. Mm-hmm. And uh, most of senior management that are now at Magic Springs have some form of Six Flags background, and we bring that to the park. We don't get it right every time, but at least we acknowledge that, and we would try to respond as quickly as possible to a guest complaint. We listen to our audience. We, we hear what they have to say, and we try to work on – the things that we can improve, we are going to improve. So this the little things. I, that lawn area at the Timberwood Amphitheater, mm-hmm. that rivals any 
of your exclusive country clubs as far as that's a that's fairway grass to sit on people say well i hear that you can get a reserved seat you sure can and they, there's a little confusion to some of some of our visitors on i thought that the eight dollar or ten dollar that i paid for online got me into the show well yes that gets you a reserved seat but it certainly doesn't get you into the venue uh who would think they could go to a concert for $10, right? Yeah. So you have to have a one-day admission or a season's pass. Then you're free to the concert. Now, if you want to be right there up close, there's a limited number of reserved seats that are available for either 8 or $10. They can go online, reserve that seat, and have that up-close personal experience. But i got to tell you, sitting out in the grass, you can bring a lawn chair. Mm-hmm. You can bring a blanket. Sit out there in the festival area and just enjoy the show under the stars. It's it's no better better way to do it. We've really worked closely with the sound company to have to have premium sound. We try well, evidently to, they've done very well. We try to communicate start times. Now this festival was a was a unique challenge for us because we had those three artists. We mm-hmm. had Queensryche, Great White, and and Warrant all three performing, right. which we've never done before. We opened the venue. Uh, for a cover band at like 4.30, and we had a delay because of the sound check. But again, we try to keep our guests informed. We don't always get it right, but by golly, we sure try. Okay, so it sounds to me like you're trying to expand your concert experience. We absolutely are. Well, as you probably noticed, there's 14 concert states mm-hmm. this year versus the 10 to 12 that they've done in the past. And of those concert dates, there are 19 artists. So... As with this past weekend with the with the Three Artists Festival, and then we're following that up with both Fog Hat and Blue Oyster Cult. All right. <laughs> oh. Little slow ride and don't fear the reaper. There huh? you go. Back to back. Again, two great artists performing at the park for us. We've got Kansas on the 30th. Martina McBride coming up on the 16th. That's a big name. A big name. In addition to both the that you mentioned, Crowder this coming weekend and Toby Mack on July 7th. And then we've got big. Lorna Elena, who many of the listeners may not know. She was the new country artist of female country artist of the year at the AMCs. So there is a there is a, a an opportunity based on your musical taste in vogue on August the 11th. And then we even have the YouTube internet sensation Jacob Satorius for that younger crowd. It's coming out on September 1st. Um, so, you know, all you have to do is jump on magicsprings.com and look at our concert lineup and pick the pick the show or the, or the one that you think will be best for you. All right, Mike, make yourself comfortable. We'll be right back. we we'll to take a quick break here on the Dave Ellswick Show. 2.20 in the afternoon on a Monday Talking Magic Springs when we get back. All right, back with you. And uh, Mike Wampler is our guest, Director of Sales and Marketing over at Magic Springs. We've been talking about some of the changes that they've made there. We've, uh, you know, I was uh, just telling him there's uh, a guy who has a season pass. He goes to all the concerts and he was talking about how much better this season is than uh, in many of the previous seasons that he's he's been to. We've heard some of the changes that they've made and, uh, Evidently, much for the better, to be honest. Uh, now, coming up, uh, Wampler, or not Womp, I just looked at your name and said it. Uh, you, you've got kind of a unique Christian artist coming in. David Crowder. Doesn't look like a Christian artist. Looks like that he used to play with the band back in the day. Absolutely. Got that straggly beard of his. In fact, every time I look at him, I think of 
of Mountain Dew. Remember the old Mountain Dew commercials? <laughs> That's do. exactly what he reminds he does. me of. He does. I get him ready to get his foot going, you know, start singing that song. That's right. But, uh, of course, he's a great Christian artist. And how has your crowds been? Have they been big this year? Yes, I think I think the word is on the street now that Magic Springs truly cares again. And it's resulted in more visitors than ever before for us, and we're, we're pleased with that. Uh, and yeah, the everyday attendance has been wonderful. People say, "Was well, it too crowded?" Well, of course not. It's never it's never too crowded. Is Six Flags ever too crowded? Of course not. <laughs> Is Magic Springs too crowded? Of course not. And there are days, you know, people ask me, Mike, what what day should I go? I said, any day is a good day. Yeah. In all in all in all sincerity. But if you're if you're looking to avoid a crowd, then then don't go on a concert Saturday. Right. <laughs> but again. Concert concerts are a big draw because they're free. So, you know, I've got two or three of our really, really loyal seasons pass holders that talk to me on Facebook all the time, and their their standard game plan is they roll in about two thirty, three o'clock, go straight to the lazy river and float for an hour and a half. <laughs> then they go to the the pre concert party at the hideaway. Okay, and they have an adult beverage and and meet meet up with friends there. There's typically contest to win meet and greets mm-hmm. at the at the hideaway parties. He then goes to his car, gets his his two chairs, takes them to the concert gate. He knows that they open the doors at, at six. He goes to the same spot, and it's kind of like a gathering. His friends are right there in that same area, and then they watch the opening act, and then they watch the headliner, and they go home. And that's their that's their Saturday at Magic Springs. I bet you they got just fantastic tans. <laughs> I'm just telling you, they got fantastic tans. They've been out in the sun that much. They got fantastic tans. But then, when you're in the park, you've got families who who only come for the water park. Yes. They have no desire. Kids to, love that water. Kids park. love the water park. Mom has her her same spot on the deck in the shade. She knows that, the, and she they basically play at the wave pool and the lazy river. And so again, it 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 really you customize your experience based on your family's desires, and just just go from there. All right, now you say you've just kind of got back. Uh, well, is this your first time in Arkansas? My first first time. How do you like it? I love I love Arkansas. Uh, the the people are so inviting. Uh, as I said, I relocated from Houston, Texas. I'm okay. originally a Georgia boy. But uh, Arkansas is a great state, and the residents of Hot Springs have been so embracing, but both my wife and I. My only complaint, being a Georgia grad and a, and a former Bulldog football Uh-oh. player, is oh, here it comes. many, many nights. And again, we're all, we're all, <laughs> here as, comes, we're all SEC. Uh, and so I pull for, I pull for the Razorbacks mm-hmm. as long as they're not playing Georgia. Right. Okay. Okay. No, Fair enough. Along with this. And, I, look, I'm from Indiana originally, all right, but I've been here for almost 20 years. Bottom line is, is that I pull for the Razorbacks unless they're playing IU. There you go. And I just love SEC football. Now, I got to tell you that the first couple of weeks when I was rocking my red and black, everywhere I went, I had to hear, you know, Suey. And <laughs> and I finally, ha- it was, I felt kind of like Bob Seger where, you know, it's Turn late the at page, night. And, baby. And you're, you're, you're always outnumbered. <laughs> All right, and, and then I finally had to look at one of the fellows and say, "Son, you do understand that bulldogs hunt razorbacks." <laughs> and they, that, that's right, Mike. Because here in Arkansas, we we root for two teams as well. 
we root for the Razorbacks and whoever's playing Texas. There you go, yeah. <laughs> or Alabama. That, and that's what that's what we we commiserate as we as we had an adult beverage and said, you know, as long as we're beating those boys on the Bayou and 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 in, in Tuscaloosa, we're all good. So. Yeah, we are. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. Gotta get to news. You mind sticking around a little while? Absolutely. Okay, we'll talk a little bit more about Magic Springs. It's really a good place to go with your family. Have a great day out in the sun and ride the rides and get to the water park, have some of the food there. It's a good place to go just to have some family entertainment. More after the news. All right, back with you. Tommy John surgery came a long time after oh, I, played. I, <laughs> okay. play. I played in 71 and 72. Yep. So, yep. you know, they they did shoulder surgery and they opened you up like a clam. That's the way my uh, ACL repair was, <laughs> the, the full the full slope yeah. procedure. Oh, yeah. Well, you got some pretty scars then, don't you? Well, actually, the, uh, the scars look even better now that I have bionic knees. Both knees have been replaced. Oh, so Papa okay. Mike is a, is a 100% transformer now to the there grandbabies. You, good. <laughs> Fantastic. Let me remind everybody about Holland Bottom Farm up there in, in Cabot on 321. If you want... Good, fresh produce. Then it's Holland Bottom Farms. The strawberry season, may we all take our hats off, bow our heads for a second, is over. All right? Got to wait till next year because they got the best strawberries, bar none, anywhere in the country. But there are no more. They are gone. They are finished. They are through. Not a zilch. Done. Now you got to go with the veggies and the produce. You got to go with the squash and the zucchini and the eggplant and the cucumbers. The bell, banana, and jalapeno peppers. How about some of those tomatoes they got or the cantaloupes and fresh blueberries and blackberries and watermelon. Now, I don't know what, I don't know if the black diamonds are in yet, but when the black diamond watermelons show up, make sure you get one this year. Don't let them sell out of them before you get one because they are so sweet, you will think you stuck your spoon into a sugar bowl before you took a bite of the watermelon. I am not kidding you. I thought that was a whole bunch of bunk until I bought one of the black diamonds and had it for myself. They are absolutely fantastic. Again, that's Holland Bottom Farm. Get it fresh from the farm to your table and eat the best with Holland Bottom Farms. Our guest uh, with us from over at Magic Springs is Mike Wampler. He is uh, with Sales and and marketing, it's good to have him here in the studio. Uh, I think that uh, Magic Springs is one of those kind of, uh, for a lot of people, undiscovered gems that we have here in the state, in, in all honesty. And uh, let's go back that Crowder's coming. When is he coming? Is it this weekend? Crowder's this weekend. All right. You you don't want to miss it. You got tickets still available? You tickets. still have places to put people. Absolutely. As I said, uh, admission to the concert's free with your one-day admission to magic springs or your magic Springs seasons pass okay and that gets you like up on the grassy knoll that right up there in the see in the, i, in the I was around fest- when kennedy got you the festival up on the area. grassy knoll that's okay? right okay he puts you there but if you want to pay a little bit more you can get up real close to him and and see if that's a real real beer beard or is that a fake beard <laughs> absolutely and all they need to do is jump on magicsprings.com. Okay. click on the concert tab Go to the Crowder image, hover over it from your desktop computer, and it's going to bring up a map of the reserve seating area. And there are still seats available in that reserved area. They range $10 for some, $8 for the other. Click on that, and they can they can get one of those reserve seats if they went to. Mike, it's very obvious that you've been doing this for a long time because you've got all the facts 
right at your fingertips. <laughs> no, I'm just that's a good Thank thing. You. That's a good thing. Uh, you, you know, I don't have to pull it out of you. You've got it. You've got to, uh, you know, where people go on the the web and and all uh, all of that. The price is everything, and that's fantastic. I appreciate that that you you have all of that. That shows me how professional you are. Well, we try, and as I said, uh, you know. I go home at night and I monitor our Facebook. I, you know, a lot of times if you send a a, mess, a direct message to Magic Springs, you're talking to me. So because again, our goal is to make sure that our guests are informed, their needs are met. Uh, as, as I said earlier, we don't always get it right, but by golly, we're sure going to try. Uh, give you know, give us that opportunity to at least you know make it right for you. Okay, now. This new group has been there now for what a little over two years, right at right at a year and a half, two years. Okay. Premier Parks LLC out of Oklahoma City. All right, and with that, let me just ask, uh, how much work was there? I mean, when you guys walked in, you now you've been around theme parks for your whole life, yes, sir. And you guys started looking, and you went, "Man, we got we got the foundation and the core of a good a good thing here," but holy crap. Take a look at this and this and this. How much of this and this and this did you look at and say we got to make this better? I, I, I honestly think there was a lot. Uh, and if you talk to our guests, they'll tell you the same thing. Uh, you can't do it all in the first year. Yeah, we we didn't think we would get it all done in the second year. Our goal is to ha- to be where we want to be and in, going into 2019. We're very happy with with the improvements that we've made uh, from those little things like the paint. Uh, at the different attractions, the the you know sprucing up all the water attractions, and let's face it, those those that know Magic Springs know that Magic Springs has one of the most amazing water components um, anywhere you'll go. It's mm-hmm. it's one of the best water parks possible because it's intertwined with the theme park, right? And so you know our focus has been you know a total a total redo of the park uh, from the infrastructure to the rides and everything else, and we think we're we're getting there. Well. As you stood there and you, you can, when you walked into the park, was it a, yeah, we make this happen or was it a, yeah, we make this happen, but there's a hell of a lot of work. No, I, I think it was, I think it was the first, I think it was, yeah, we can make this happen simply because just where it's located, it okay. is, it is amazingly beautiful. And I've, I've been, I've had the pleasure of, of visiting many, many parks across the country and I would I would hold Magic Springs right up there with the best of them, and just in the the sheer beauty of the park, uh, it walks like a giant park. I mean, be, because of just the natural landscaping, mm-hmm. you got a lot of hills. You think about it. I'm from Six Flags Over Georgia originally, and that's flat. Yep. As a Georgia boy, and and boy, you you as you start that trek coming up from the Sky Shark up past the carousel, you're going. <laughs> Oh wow! And then up up to the top of the park at the Split Rock. That's you know that's a made a major hill, but that's the that's the beauty of the landscaping of the park. Yeah, it makes it fun. It makes it get a, a lot work, of fun. Get a workout while you're while absolutely you're out having fun. And that you know that was the other comment. You know, there's not enough places to sit. Well, you know, as a 62 year old grandfather, I, I'm looking for a park bench every once in a while. And I got to tell you, there's plenty of benches in the shade. There's plenty of chairs around those way pools. And so those are the, the subtle little changes that we brought to the park this year. Well, that's good stuff. It's great stuff. That's stuff that needs to be happening. I I bet you I complain more about a place to sit, and I've done that from being a young man to to today, than anything else I've ever said. That or your food court sucks. 
you know yours doesn't but well, a lot you. of places do you know you it's just the typical bleh kind of stuff you may not know this but we've we've gone that extra step with the food experience. Obviously, theme park food is theme park food. Yeah, but it's hot special. dogs, hamburgers. Oh, yeah, I, I, you know, funnel cakes. Yeah, I get that. You don't make them at home. But yeah, there are those people that that want a, a little bit something different. And as you know, Magic Springs has has proudly worked with Trejos Mexican for several seasons with Trejos in the park and Trejos Express mm-hmm. for that for that quality, authentic Mexican taste. But this year, Magic Springs has introduced Stubby's Barbecue. I haven't been here this year. I okay. haven't been out this year. Stubby's Barbecue, a hot springs, you know, a hot springs classic, right. is now in the park. Very cool. Right there along the lakeside, they took over what once was the Magic Springs Smoke on the Water restaurant. And I got to tell you, Stubby's Barbecue is the bomb. You know, his Chris Chris's uh, motto is serve and cue since fifty two, mm-hmm. and oh my goodness, if it wasn't for the boys at Stubby's, my first couple of weeks in town, <laughs> I, well, I was living out of the Best Western. Okay, okay. Still, my I'm wife was still trying to close on our house in Houston, right. and I'd be at the park till nine ten o'clock, and a lot of things in Hot Springs will close about that time, mm-hmm. and I could still go in and get a a really healthy you know meal. And take it back to the hotel. Uh, so thank thank the Lord for the folks at Stubby's. And we're just proud to have them in the park. And then our second new addition from the food perspective is Kona Ice. Kona Ice. Kona Ice. They, they do the shaved right. flavored ice. And it's not like a snow cone. Don't get me wrong. It's like a little taste of heaven. It, it's like melted <laughs> snow. And I, I, I got no skin in the game. I got gotcha. you. And them, all right? Right, right. But, I mean, if you want something that you start with a Stubby's barbecue lunch, and then you you get a funnel cake about midday, and then have a Kona ice before you leave, that's that's the grand slam. Let me tell you what: there is something to be said about uh, snow cones or raspas, as down in Texas they're referred to, right? Uh, on a hot, hot day, oh. it will cool you down. Where you know you get one of those, you know, a syrupy sweet drink. Within 10 minutes after you finish it, you're ready for something else again. Right. No, Not these, with a snow cone. These are refreshing, and the flavor selection that you have is amazing, and they typically set up right there at the way pool <laughs> every day of the parks open. All right, we're going to take a final break, then we'll come back and uh, finish up this hour. Our, our guest, Michael Wampler, he is from uh, the folks at Magic Springs, the theme and water park. Director of Sales and Marketing, it's the Dave Ellswick Show on a Monday edition, and we got more coming your way right after this. All right, back with you. We're talking roller coasters. I'm just telling you that, to me, that's theme park. They're the classics. Yes. They're the the staples. That's what all the thrill seekers want. And you remember back in the the 80s when it was bigger, faster, every every year there was a new roller coaster at one of the parks. Still going that way now. Well, it is. But again, there's not been a new theme park startup in the continental United States. Oh, since startup, yeah, startup. okay, because okay. you just can't you just can't recoup the cost no. to, to build it. So you know they're they're building them hand over fist in China right now. You know Disney and and Six Flags and everyone else. Right. But you're right. So now it's just a matter of finding the real estate in order to put that ride and 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 go from there. And I'm that's trying, what we'd like. I'm to trying do. to think of the one up the park that's up north ohio on lake erie up there by youngstown and i cannot think of the park's name right now 
but they're known for having all the roller coasters. Maybe King's Dominion is is there. I don't think there. that's it. No, that's not it. I can't remember what it and is. And then Cedar, Cedar, Cedar Falls. C- Cedar, Cedar Point. Point. That's that. That is it. Yep. That is deep. Pl- if you're a, a, a roller coaster aficionado, that's the place to go. That's the one that they've got that dragster like one that right. reaches over 100 miles an hour. But they have to come to Magic Springs first, so yeah. they have something to compare yeah, it to. You've got to go to Magic Springs and get yourself prepared. <laughs> You're going to get prepared to get on one of those roller coasters, take you up 18 stories tall, and drop you. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. At Magic Springs, uh, at, during the break, I was making my plea, build a wooden roller coaster. One of my all-time favorite roller coasters is in Cincinnati, and it's the Beast. The Beast is probably the greatest, other than the Fireball that I used to go to at Riverside Park in Chicago. Right. It's probably the greatest wooden roller coaster I've ever ridden. That is a fantastic ride. And the wooden coasters are the classics. Yeah, they are. That's They that's, have a totally different ride to them. It's a totally different feel because it's not the tubular steel. Right. And it's and again, you get every ride is different simply by the temperature in the air mm-hmm. and the way those 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 pylons will will sway. Right. Yeah. But wood Kind of knocks you around a well, little bit. It's a little you, rougher, a little and more aggressive. And there's that clackety clack. Yeah, I right? love that stuff. Yeah, that's and and that's that's that visceral experience of just the memories, and that's that's what theme parks are all about. So, how does this work for Magic Springs? You all have got to bring in a new ride every year. You're going to be well, doing the, that. The goal is to to try to do a new expansion each season. Okay, new expansion. So so as to improve the the park experience overall. So that we continue to be something for everyone. Okay, so are you involved in that? Do you t- do you show up at the big powwow and go? You know, guys, at Magic Springs, I think this is what we got to do. It's nice to think that I do. The, re- <laughs> <laughs> the reality is that those decisions are made at a different pay grade than mine. And right. my, my job is to just inform the public and and do the branding and awareness for it. Now, tell me that you don't send an email once in a while and say, you know, have you thought about this? So off the record? So yeah. There's nobody listening. Nobody's just, listening. Just two guys in the room? It's just you and I talking, man. <laughs> now Russ is listening. Oh, well, see, yeah. Russ, Russ signed an NDA, so we don't have to worry about Russ sharing okay. the beats. But, you know, me personally, just just yeah. just me, I'd love to see maybe a, a, a new, when I say water attraction, it's not a water park attraction, mm-hmm. but the landscaping f- there at Magic Springs is so perfect for say a a, a tube ride uh, like those wat, white water rapids yeah. rides, um, you know, Roaring Thunder. Where you, you know. get four, five, six people. Uh, in yeah, the eight, I think tubes. there are eight people in the big okay. tube, and you go rushing down. That it just replicates, you know, a, ki- a white water kayak yeah. experience. Because you could you imagine being out there between the Timberwood and the Arkansas Twister in that right. beautiful landscaped area. Because you've got such a, a great vertical elevation to sure, do it. you got the grade. And then find somebody who would, who would uh, license the name Razorback Rapids. <laughs> <laughs> right? You've been thinking about that. Trust me. Or, or you know, a new, a new coaster. But, it, again, it, that's a decision made at a much higher level than mine. I just know that we've gotten the commitment that we're going to continue to improve the guest experience every way we can. Well, that's fantastic. So I, I just want to give you all, you know, two big thumbs up it's going well thank you it's thank going you very well much. and uh, i think you're making yourself well known 
it's only going to be a few more years that you're going to have the the number of people coming into that gate that you're going to build another big ride out there. That's our goal. I mean, you know, let's be got to be honest about this, folks. It depends on attendance when you're talking about the big rides, because if you're going to spend the millions to build one, you got to have the millions spent to pay for it. And I, and again, a big thank you to your listeners because they're they're our core market. But the reality is we're not we're not in Atlanta, we're not in Chicago, we're not mm-hmm. in LA where we have a million, a million two right in our own backyard. Right. And so Hot Springs, Little Rock, Cab you know, everyone who comes to Magic Springs locally is a big piece of it, but we also have to touch those visitors who are willing to drive three, four, five hours in the morning to to be at the park for an 11 o'clock opening coming from Memphis and Shreveport and, you know, East Monroe, Louisiana, Northwest Arkansas, uh, Northeast Texas. So you're Texas. looking at the whole state and the border. Absolutely. We, we, we rely tremendously on those, that drive market, that four, four and a half hour drive. Mm-hmm. Without those visitors, we, we couldn't do what we do. Mm, uh, and it's just, and again, it's just because of geographically where we we are, we can't complain about that. You know, yes, I'd love to be in a market where I had a million, two million. Right, yeah, you'd my, love to be Dallas. Or, I can understand or, or, that, or even Denver, with our, yeah. where our Elitch Park is located. But that's not us. And so, you know, you you play the hand you're dealt, and we continue to improve the product. And I I walk the park every day. And I'll I'll stop and talk to guests, ask them where they're from, and and needless to say, a lot of a lot of Little Rocks and and a lot of you know Fayettevilles and things like that. But surprisingly, Memphis. I'm I'm from over at you know Nashville. I came in from OKC. Uh, OKC. I came in from East Monroe, L.A. So um, the words out there, and thank you for having us on today so that we could we could share our story with with your listeners well we're sharing it on uh, the radio we're also on facebook live so it's going out all over the place all right and uh, oh no so they know about my plants yeah for water ride. there oh. you go there you go it's been it's been shared now just so that you'll know right, right. but i appreciate you coming in thank today. you very very much it's very cool there's good things coming uh before I let you go, tell them all the information they need to know about this weekend's big, big Christian uh, concert coming up. Crowder, Timberwood Amphitheater, Saturday the 16th. Uh, the gates to the venue open at 6 p.m. Crowder will be going on roughly 8, 8, 15. Uh, come early. Have a great time in the park. MagicSprings.com for all your information. Seasons Pass Online is your best value. And before we go, it's just, you know, 40th anniversary birthday party on Sunday, July 22nd. 40th anniversary. 40th anniversary. Funnel cakes and ice cream. I mean, what what better birthday party than funnel cakes and ice cream? Got that right. I love funnel cakes. Gotta love. You see, you can't make those at home. No. I guess you could, but why would you want to do it at home when you could just go to Magic Springs and they make them for you? Exactly. Good stuff, Michael. Thanks so much. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. you. Do. Hey, don't forget about the No Lemon Guarantee. They got it. Aero Plumbing. They guarantee that the equipment and their fixtures that they've provided and installed in your home are going to perform as they've stated. If any equipment or fixture fails three times in the first year, they're going to replace that item at no charge to you. Had a friend that sent me a, a text this weekend and said, Dave, got a leak. Who should I call? I said, of course, Arrow Plumbing, arrowplumbing.net or just arrowplumbing.net.
You'll find them on the Internet. Coming up, Salvation Army stopping by million, the Million Penny. Million Penny grab that they got going on. They are out getting a million pennies, and they're doing well at it. We'll tell you all about that when we return. All right, let's move into the second hour for a Monday, and the Salvation Army <laughs> is here, and you know how I feel about them. I think they're one of the greatest charitable groups that exists uh, here well, basically on the face of the earth, because they're not just located in the United States. They are all over the world. 130 and countries. Do a fantastic job. Uh, it's where I give my money when mm-hmm. I give to organizations, because you know what? I know that the money is actually going to help people. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing. I and know it, that the money is going to actually help people. And it stays local. Yeah, and it stays area. here and, and helps in the area. So William and... Uh, Michelle are here to talk with me. Before we get started, let me veer just a moment because you asked me, Michelle, what's going on in the world. Well, of course, the big Trump and Un mm-hmm. uh, summit, the North Korea, United States meeting each other. Just for a moment, I want you to think if you were with the party of the White House and you were at the summit, what would you be thinking if you actually got to shake the hand of Un? What would run through your mind? I think this is a guy that runs concentration camps that kills tens of thousands of people every year, that one of the main sources of food in North Korea, because I I do a lot of reading, uh, is dirt soup Mm. because he starves his own people. I don't know. I don't know how. I have to tell you, unless I absolutely had to shake the guy's hand, I wouldn't want to shake the guy's hand. Right. I really wouldn't. I would feel, have you ever met a person that they just felt, felt really oily to you and and they just didn't feel right to you? That's how it would feel shaking that guy's hand. And being a Christian, I guess that's the wrong, you know, kind of attitude to have. But still, I just, uh, it gives me the creeps. Yeah. You know, Dave, I think uh, my dad served in Korea. And I think for me, uh, shaking his hand, and especially if this summit produced an armistice. Um, we got to keep our fingers crossed for that. That's absolutely. The, that, unlike anything else, I mean, maybe they don't get to denuclearization talks or any of that other stuff, but that, I think, has to come out of this. Out of this. The end of the war has got to come out of this. Absolutely. And for me, my, I lost my dad four and a half years ago, but it was sort of a closure. Mm. in that portion uh, of his life. And so shaking his hand to me would be an opportunity uh, for that closure to sort of take place. Oh. Yeah. yeah, well, you got something personal there Absolutely. to attach to that, yeah. no doubt. What about you, Michelle? I'm looking at Michelle's looking at me like, don't ask me that question. <laughs> I, I'm kind of like you. I think I think it would be, you know. I have I, druthers I don't, I don't think about I could it. do it. Yeah, not knowing his past and everything. I don't think I could shake his hand. Yeah, because, see, I got so upset this summer at the olympics or the winter i guess it was the winter olympics winter olympics i got so upset that his, you know that his it was his, his sister, his sister. Yeah. was there and the media just fawned over her this is a woman that kills people without thinking and i'm going i can't believe you treat this woman this way right i just I, uh, anyway yeah i'll move on no <laughs> <laughs> listen i totally understand but you know if if moving forward, this brings some stability to his country, 
and and to that peninsula and to that whole peninsula um not only is it a great historical moment but um think about the lives of the people mm-hmm. that have I would lived like under to see regime. you know one of Trump's great uh abilities I believe is to he sells capitalism well yes mm-hmm. and I got to tell you what that's exactly what North Korea needs yeah. you yeah. know they need they need to open up a little bit to the world, and if they did, it would be a magnificent thing for the people. See, I think the, the same thing is going to happen for Cuba. Mm-hmm. I think the Cuban people have just been waiting for this to happen. Absolutely. I, you know, I everybody says, "Yeah, but Dave, you, you watched the Cuban people and when Fidel and Raúl were alive, and they were just you know going crazy over them and all the." Rest. I guess well, I guess Raúl's still alive. Bottom line is this. If you didn't wave the flag, if you weren't jumping up and down, uh, there were certain people to take you back in a room, and they'd find out why you weren't jumping up and down and would impress upon you it was a good idea on your part with the rest of your family to be jumping up and down. Absolutely. So, yeah, I just think freedom is a great, great thing, and I'm hoping both those countries will see some of it. You're not going to see a lot of it, especially North Korea. That man going to keep an iron fist on yeah, they they don't do the iron the velvet glove over the iron fist. They don't. They just show you the iron fist. Okay, that's what you get. All right. So tell me, you know, you're working with the, uh, the fish. Y'all are doing this is the second year now with the million uh, penny uh, campaign, yes. campaign that's been going on. Last year was a huge success, mm-hmm. and it sounds like you're on your way to another huge success this year. Are you guys ahead from what you were in the, this time last time? We are. Um, Right, we're right at uh, 130,000 pennies translated. That's $1,300 of our $10,000, which mm-hmm. is a million pennies. Um, so we're about 35% ahead of where we were this time last wow. year. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really good. And, um, and and probably that's because people, you know, Michelle, know right. what I think they're this starting is all to about. See, yeah, I think they're starting to see kettles too out at David's Burgers. Um, I think there's uh, there's a, a dentist, a couple of dentist offices that have kettles. Mm-hmm. Uh, Family Life also, so there's they're seeing the kettles out, and um, they're starting to see what the call, what a good cause it is. Okay, now I want you both to be honest with me. Mm-hmm. I, I would not expect anything <laughs> less. Did you do David's Burgers because you get it free David's Burgers each time you guys go out? No, we no. have to pay for it. <laughs> no, I did David's Burgers. I love, Anytime. I love them, man. I uh, ate more Davis burgers last year. But when we're there uh, with y'all and we're broadcasting, you know, you really feel like you need to give back something. Yeah, I and, agree. Uh, I agree. And mm-hmm. They're investing in us, and we have an opportunity to return that investment. Have you tried the chicken, though? I have not. Have it's hard for me to go to Davis burgers I, and think I about chicken. Oh, gotta try the chicken. Really? It's okay. really, really the, good. Have you tried their barnyard? No, which is like the the cheeseburger, chicken, and the bacon all in one. Ah, yeah. uh, that's the first time I've heard that. On uh, the barnyard, I don't have. I mean, Russ, did you ever hear? It? Stick your head in here. Have you ever heard of David's Burgers in the barnyard? Have you heard about that? 
David's Burgers in the Barnyard? Yeah, yeah. it's a hamburger, a the hamburger chicken, and the bacon all on one. Man, that sounds like uh, like a, a John Madden special. I'm just saying. <laughs> a turducken. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> the Barnyard. I'm not. I'll be honest with you. I have not heard mm-hmm. that. Yeah. That sounds good, though. I have to try one at least. Just for the sake of trying it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of protein there. Not so. gonna, yeah, but not going to run in and have my uh, cholesterol checked either. <laughs> right I immediately say after it. Protein's not necessarily a bad thing, guys. No, uh, the bacon on top of it, man. Anything's Everything's good with better than bacon. bacon. That's, That's exactly right. right. Everything's exactly. better than bacon. Exactly. Okay, so what what uh, what does the future bring now with uh, the million uh, penny? Where are you guys going to be heading out to? How do people get involved? Uh, can Sunday school classes get involved? Uh, you know, can businesses get involved? Yeah, absolutely. They can contact our office if they want to uh, put a kettle out, or we've got little counter kettles that we can give them for mm-hmm. Sunday schools or their businesses. Um, we will actually be out at David's Burgers on this Friday from 11 to 1 with Steve and Bethany, and then also a family live from 6 to 10 with them on their morning show okay. now you understand that you can't say we're just going to be out of davis burgers because uh, unlike what it used to be in the past where there was like three locations there's like, like Mall-Mel. 29 locations now so <laughs> i'm mall mel then yeah mall mel i just found a new one just the other day didn't even know it was open uh, i was out i was having a breakfast meeting out at uh, cracker barrel in bryant in bryant and yes. right down the road on the access road there's a David's Burgers just as I'm sitting there. Not too far from where K&Ed's used to be, uh, Russ. Yeah, I know. I saw it yesterday myself when we were driving around down there in Saline County. And then, uh, of course, there's the one out there at um, the uh, outlet malls out by the yep. outlets and yes. Bass Pro Shop. Yep. Yeah, that's right over across the street from the Bass Pro. And then down here in the Park Plaza Mall, too, in the food court. I have eaten there on my way to go deer hunting. You know, Park had Plaza a, Mall had a had a no had a uh, Bass Pro, yeah, right by Bass Pro. Yeah, had to stop oh, okay. by and pick up a few shells. <laughs> <laughs> there was there were deer outside. In that's not for me, is it, Ellswick? <laughs> if you stay out of my scope, it's not. Yeah, it's just the way it is, the way it goes. Anyway, so yeah, I you know you guys, this is pretty cool for you with uh, with David's Burgers because you are you hitting all their locations during the course right. of this. For yes. the most part, yeah. We have all locations covered with their our red counter kettles. Okay. And uh, you mentioned uh, Sunday school groups, community groups, things like that with churches, uh, businesses. If We have um, Salvation Army containers. Uh, they're not the kettles, but they can set out. They're more they're sort of like a, a sugar shaker container. Okay. And uh, we can put those out, though, in businesses, and church groups can pick them up and uh, during Vacation Bible School, if they have anything during the month of June through the second week of July, fill those containers up, and um, you know we'll be happy to take them, and we'll give a report back to the groups of how much uh, money they raised towards that million penny. Okay, so what if somebody doesn't have any pennies? They reach in their pocket, and they got nothing but, like, 75 cents. You got three quarters. Can they throw the three quarters in? Mm-hmm. They can throw the three quarters in. Yeah, I'm just making sure. I, <laughs> and if they I don't have want nothing, anybody to break the rules. If yeah. they have nothing but a $20 bill, we'll take that as well. All right. Absolutely. Or they write a check for ten grand, you take that. Yes, and if they have write a check, they can mail it to 1111 West Markham, Little Rock, Arkansas, 72201, and make that check payable to Salvation Army, and in the memo section, put a million penny. And okay. And we'll take your check. If you want to 
make a, a gift by credit card, uh, you can call our office at 374-9296, and we will process uh, that credit card gift or debit card gift as well. Uh, just call in the information to us. All right. Is all this information in a central place? Is there a, a website or something that people can go to, and it's got all of this there for them? Yeah, they can go to our website, and on our website, if they scroll down, there is the donate button there, and they can make a donation right online. Okay, well. what's the website? It's SalvationArmyCentralArkansas.org. Okay, and it's I'll all spelled sure. out. Okay, yeah. I'll make sure that gets posted. So Absolutely. people can, we'll just make it so they can click and go there. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's the fastest way to get the money in. Um, as we count those resources towards that million penny, if they want to give electronically, would be to call our number and let us process it in house. All right, uh, which and is the number three seven four nine two nine six five zero one. Yes, sir. All right. Want to make sure because if you look into the camera right up there that you guys are on right now, mm-hmm. uh, we are on Facebook Live. So okay. you've broke the boundaries of just four counties, and we're all over the state now. A lot of people watching. you got That's about right. 375 watching right now, and before the end of the week, several thousand will have watched just so. And they'll share it. So that's, the, and that, that's for me to, to say to you as well. Uh, share this with all of your friends. Send this video to your friends so they can see what Salvation Army is doing here in central Arkansas with uh, the fish and uh, make sure that uh, you go to either uh, Salvation Army Central Arkansas dot org or call them at five zero one three seven four ninety two ninety six and make your donation there. Mm-hmm. And make sure it goes in El Pronto. El Pronto, that's mm-hmm. right. What you want? William and Michelle are with us. Let's take a quick break. It's uh, twenty minutes after three on a Monday. Dave Ellswick show here. On the answer. All right. If you're thinking about claiming your Social Security benefits, stop for a moment and uh, think about this. You could be on the verge of making an irreversible mistake that could cost you tens of thousands of dollars over the lifetime of getting those benefits from Social Security. Uh, Your decision could trigger an avalanche of taxes, double your Medicare premiums, and you could avoid that by attending an educational maximizing Social Security class. Friday, July the 13th, David Lucas, who you've heard on my show a lot of times. I've known David for years, uh, and he's got the David Lucas show right here on The Answer on Saturdays at 10 o'clock and again at 3. Uh, he's going to be hosting it for you. Uh, the workshop, uh, workshop, let me try that one. The workshop uh, makes claiming your benefits simple and easy. Registration, $18, includes a 34-page workbook called Maximizing Your Social Security Benefits. And if you've saved $100,000 for retirement, call 501-653-6690. That's 501-653-6690. You want to leave tens of thousands of dollars in Social Security benefits on the table, or you can visit davidlucasfinancial.com and get signed up for the workshop. There, I said it. said it one time. Just had to see it workshop get it right all right williams here uh michelle's here both from the salvation army here in little rock always good to have them on the air they do great work here in the local community uh we've been uh, talking about the mid uh, million penny uh 
uh, I, I want to call morning it. Morning show? Million yeah. Penny Morning Show. Morning show. Okay. I'll get it right. All right. But they're doing what the fish. I have them on because I believe in what the fish does, and I believe in what the Salvation Army does, and uh, I'll do everything I can to promote what they're doing so that uh, you know what they're doing. So let's uh, finish up by talking a little bit more about the Million Penny, uh, you know, what the fish is doing, putting those million pennies together, $10,000. How's that money used? I mean, you did it last year. Can you help help my listeners understand how that helped people. Absolutely. You know, one of the things uh, last year we had just come to sort of celebrate our first year was with Pathway of Hope. Pathway of Hope now encompasses all of our social services and was the initiative that came out of a five-year study with the Indiana University and the Lilly Foundation. But it's moving people out of intergenerational poverty into sustainability and independence. We're going to talk about this next half hour. Okay. Because I'm really, really impressed with what you all have been doing. Well, I want to tell you, we have seen 77% of those that have been engaged in the Pathway of Hope program reach sustainability in the areas of employment and housing. 23% as far as their educational goals have been met. Um, That's pretty substantial. So July 1st of this year, all social services move underneath Pathway of Hope. So they have four different entry points now into that program. They have our emergency services that are done in Little Rock, North Little Rock, and in Bryant. They have uh, our Center of Hope, which is our shelter there in Little Rock at 1111 West Markham. They have our supportive housing to keep people in permanent housing Mm -hmm. and to move them into permanent housing great great thing and then the last component is the community-based strength uh strength-based case management and that's where someone may come in for something totally unrelated but in the dialogue we find out that they need some assistance and we do that with case management and we help them set goals and we celebrate those goals and we track them every quarter in six months there's a big celebration piece and um, so we, we're having six women, uh, single-household family members, that are graduating at the end of June uh, and moving into permanent housing. Uh, so those kind of, of situations is really exciting because we're not just giving them the same person, an apple and a fish, but we're giving them the apple tree and the fishing pole. Yeah, yeah. When, really did the, when is it, Was it three or four years ago that? This kind of got really underway. 2016. Yeah, two years ago. Okay, two years ago. It was released to the public in February of 2016, and we embraced it in July of 2016. All right, Mm -hmm. when we come back, we'll talk about this. We talked about it when they first were going to initiate it, Mm -hmm. and I think you brought in a young man whose family was going into that program. We could talk about it. Okay. When we come back here on Dave Ellswick's show. But let's get to the news. That's next. Find out what's happening over in Singapore. Back with the Salvation Army here on the Dave Ellswick Show. William's here. Michelle is here. We've been talking about uh, how they've changed. And, Michelle, let's let's pick that up because a couple of years ago, you and the major came in here, and it was a seismic shift yes. that the Salvation Army was going to make. It, the, you guys were reinventing yourself, basically. Were you mm-hmm. not? Yeah. What we did is in July of 2016, we started the Pathway of Hope program, and uh, we changed our shelter to women and families 
since we knew that there was really no beds in central Arkansas for the women's for the women and families. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we really started changing that and then kind of moved into the transitional housing, I believe about that same month or shortly yeah. after, and started helping those place those in, that were in our shelter into apartments and getting them uh, to be on their own. Okay, so you started doing that. What was the mindset that brought you guys to that what what and then what was the realization i mean this is a whole change mm-hmm. that you guys did i think william you said for 150 years you guys were feeding people and and giving clothes and things of that nature but you said you kept seeing a lot of the same, same people, people over and over again we did so i'm, I'm thinking somebody saw that and went there's got to be a better way you know, they saw that on the national level, and that's what came to this study between Indiana University and the Lilly Foundation. Uh, I think the Salvation Army is saying, we've got to do this differently. We, we need to see where people's lives are being really impacted and changed, helping them to become independent instead of just coming back for the same service day after day after day. And so out of that national level and out of that study, they then made this initiative available, and we were excited about it here in central Arkansas mm-hmm. because we were already seeing the need for that. But this program gave us flesh to attach it to. And, um, and so serving now women and families, there is not a, another women's shelter here in central Arkansas. Safety is paramount as you think about uh, women and children. And so one of the four, there's four pieces for uh, women and families that are critical, employment, housing, transportation, and safety. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that they really need. And so even recently, we were having some difficulty inside of our um, Center of Hope dining area uh, as our community feeding was coming in. We had women that were being physically attacked. Uh, we had women that were being solicited into uh, prostitution. And so uh, we even tried changing the feeding times. And, you know, uh, they even sent in female madams as homeless women into the shelter to try to solicit really? women. And so with safety being mm-hmm. one wow. of the paramount pieces that these families are looking for and needing, um, we made a decision to suspend our evening feeding until uh, I could raise resources as the director of development um, to hire security officers to be in our dining room to be sure that our women and our families and those precious children that are with us have that heightened sense of safety and security. So right now, we're feeding those that are in our shelter, those that are participating in our Pathway of Hope program. Uh, they have opportunities to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner with us. Uh, but our community feeding presently has been suspended until the safety issue can be addressed properly. All right. So you, you, you're the man who goes out and looks for funds. Absolutely. All right. A lot of people are sitting and listening to the program saying Salvation Army shouldn't be any problem at all. Wish it was that easy, huh? I wish it was that easy because I want to tell you there's 
there's other wonderful organizations sure. that we partner with in programming throughout our community that we have MOUs, Management of Understandings, with, and uh, we collaborate well. Those individuals are asking for the same dollars that I'm asking for. And so you know, our budget's about $2.4 million a year, and um, it takes our community of partners for us to raise those resources. And so when we began to talk with Salem Media a year ago about this million penny, uh, it's not that we're raising a massive amount of money. We're talking $10,000, but we're also raising a lot of awareness Mm -hmm. about what we do to help to communicate to our community that the Salvation Army is impacting lives for sustainability and independence. Yeah, which is totally different than just feeding people and clothing people. I I don't want to downplay that, Mm -hmm. but if that's all you do, then you're going to have, you're going to be doing it forever. Yeah. And we're we're trying to work with people to help them become responsible. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that is huge. That is really huge because many of them were never taught responsibility. Mm -hmm. They were never taught, um, consequences of choices you know what they they may have been brought up in exactly the way that they're living at the time Mm -hmm. that you find them absolutely what we're dealing with is intergenerational poverty Mm -hmm. and so there's a mindset and we're having to help them change that mindset yeah not easy so there was was it a group or was it an individual michelle that put the money up initially to make the change that you all are going through right now it was a group yeah okay there was a group involved but the bailey family foundation the bailey family was yeah. the one that committed right. resources to us for the first two years uh, and that two-year period now is coming to an end at the end of june and uh, and so as we are expanding that process of pathway of hope naturally resources expand along the way with it okay so for both of you i'll let you jump in and, and explain this <laughs> It's one thing to go to people to ask for money for a new program. Mm-hmm. It is totally another thing to go to people and say, we need money to continue this program, and look how successful it has been. This has been, I think, more successful maybe than even you all thought it would be as right. fast as it was successful. Well, I would mm-hmm. agree with that. And, and in fact, for our southern territory, uh, Little Rock has been highlighted as um, the – um, area command or core that embraced Pathway of Hope and the results that we've had with it and seeing life changes take place. And so this whole transition now to include our shelter services and our emergency services along the way uh, into Pathway of Hope gives people an easier entry point for them to move into that aspect of becoming responsible, successful, and independent. All right, we got to take a break. Okay. We come back, and I want to talk about some of the success stories. I'm uh-huh. sure that you can talk about that, mm-hmm. and and let's uh, let's do that here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, also, remember, if you go to uh, Salvation Army Central Arkansas, write it all the way out. dot uh, org. You can give money to the Salvation Army uh, right there on your computer. Or you can call them, 501-374-9296.
Uh, you can be part of this million pennies that they're trying to gather, or uh, you can just make a donation if you want to. I'm, I want to make a push just to make sure that all of this program, these programs that they got going continue and get larger because you got to have the money to make the program run. All right, don't forget about PI Roofing. They're working harder to deliver the higher quality uh, that you desire from a roofing company. Plus, they now are home services. And uh, Joel Johnson, the owner of PI Roofing, understood that, yeah, you want to get your roof fixed and you want to get the uh, the water stopped from coming in your house. However, what are you going to do with all the damage that's been done by the water that came into your house? Uh, where do you start? What contractor do you call? So he wanted to make it as easy as coming to one place. And PI Roofing is that place. If you call them over at their location at 6109 Redmount Road here in North Little Rock at 501-687-6246, they have people on staff now that will do the interior painting for, you know, the stains that you got on the, the roof perhaps. Uh, in your living room uh, to fix the drywall that uh, got messed up because of the water that got in from that leak or the insulation or the exterior painting that has to be done, carpentry work, pressure washing, all of that can be done with the good folks at PI Roofing. The number to call again, 501-687-6246. Or visit them online at piroofing.com. All right, let's get to the last segment here of the Dave Ellswick Show on a Monday. Uh, in this hour, with our friends from the Salvation Army, we've been we've moved from a million pennies up ways to a, a, sh- a new policy that they have with Salvation Army called the Pathway uh, of Hope. And uh, I remember a couple of years ago when. Uh, Michelle brought uh, the major in and sat down and talked about this. And, and the major was, he was all in on it. Yeah. He was. He was sold on it. He was ready to go Since on it. Since the beginning. Yes, yeah, sir. he was really, really into it. And uh, Michelle, I, I remember, you, you know, for you, it was a matter of explaining to people what this program was all about and how it was going to happen. And, and I'm sure you had some challenges of changing people's thought processes about the Salvation Army. Yeah. That it was it was going to go from feeding and clothing people to changing the dynamics of their whole lives for them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. How well, difficult was that for you know first few months? Overall, I mean, kind of backing up. I mean, most people when they think about us, they think about the kettles and angel tree. Yeah. So that you know, explaining to them what we do on a day-to-day basis. We're not there just at November and December, but we're there every day. Mm-hmm. You know, that was a challenge in itself. And then to add this, it was just kind of something else to add to the mix about, hey, this is what we're doing now. We're helping women and children and families and, you know, trying to get them back to sustainability. So it was kind of an easy way to implement all of our resources that we have here in Central Arkansas. You know, because when you hear hurricane, flooding, fire. There's one other organization you always hear about, all right? Mm -hmm. You don't hear Salvation Army all the time. And 
I found that the Salvation Army is always there on the ground. We are. We are. 127 countries around the world, Salvation Army is serving the needs of people and working in that pathway of hope concept now to move people to independence. And one thing I can say is when we took Pathway of Hope public okay, and we started talking to people, and I was going out talking to corporations and individuals about Pathway of Hope, they were excited I think that's what people want. want. Yeah. That's exactly what they want. And they said, listen, when we give our money to the Salvation Army and know that you're helping people become independent, sustainable, that makes uh, our giving our dollars worthwhile. Well, here's the key. You go out and you help other people become sustainable. You go out and help people to earn m- money, move forward, mm-hmm. move up this, the ladder, so to speak. They help people, and they can speak to people on a much more straight-to-the-eyeball-eyeball way Mm -hmm. with folks that need help. Absolutely. And Mm -hmm. some of our single mothers that are in Pathway of Hope that finished and are now living independently, they're saying, man, we want to come back Mm. and talk to these other women and families and give back. Mm -hmm. We want to be able to share with them how this radically changed our life and gave us opportunity we never thought we'd have. Okay, so I promised my listeners we'd talk about some success stories. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I can ask you, William, if if there's maybe a success story you know of. or And, uh, Michelle, the same for you. I'm sure you know mm-hmm. a lot of them because you, you're out there, some, you know, giving those success stories to people in the media all, all the right. time. So let's turn to you first. I give you okay. the time to, to start talking about it. Um, there was one uh, lady that we had going through our program. Her mom and her brothers, as well as she did, grew up in the Salvation Army shelters. And by the time she was 18, uh, her mother had passed away. And so she had to make some decisions. And she had a couple of kids um, of her own. And so it was really kind of difficult trying to make a living, but then also trying to plan her mother's funeral. Mm-hmm. And so she had come over to our uh, facility where we were able to get her, set her goals for school. She wanted to be a nurse and got her into that transitional housing so she could be, you know, become living her dreams, as mm-hmm. you said, the American dream. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, now she's actually in school and uh, she's raising her two kids. Yeah. I mean, the American dream, to me at least, is to have uh, enough money uh, mm-hmm. To make make my bills, to have the place that I want to live, take care of my family, and have the ability, if I so choose, to try to do even better than that. Mm-hmm. That's all I ask. Uh, you give me the opportunity, and I can do some things. Right. I think these people, you know, you teach them, and all of a sudden, they that light goes on in their own heads. Mm-hmm. And for this lady, it sounds like it's definitely gone on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the story I, I'm impacted by is a young lady named Deshandra, two children, and uh, she had dreams of going to college and um, working and having her own place, and um, she lost the ability to live with her family because there was no space. And so she just wow. asked someone, what do I do? Where can I go? They referred her to the Salvation Army. Uh, she came into the Pathway of Hope program. Um, she began to work it. She was so committed to it. I think, I, William, I think that you need to explain to our listeners that, her, that she began to work it 
is a good thing, not a bad thing. Yeah, it is a good thing. She was working toward those goals that she had established, okay. very specific goals, and they're measurable goals. And she was meeting with her caseworker weekly. And um, the thing, uh, other piece about Deshondra that I think your listeners would like to hear is she was uh, is a member of the U.S. Army Reserves. Cool. And uh, so she wanted her children to have an opportunity to experience. Uh, stability and education and personal development. So this was her statement that she made about Pathway of Hope. She said, Pathway of Hope is here to make a lasting difference, and you'll receive the support you need when you need it. I appreciate the life skill mentoring and simply knowing that you can budget and pay your bills. And uh, she is now living independently, working her job full time, and still actively involved in the reserve. So you know, I salute her both for her commitment to our country, but also the commitment that she has to her children. Yes, uh, you know, the, this is the stuff that can give us all hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely, you know that these kind of life-changing experiences uh, are happening, and I wish that more organizations would do like your all's organization and help people make a life-altering type of of decision instead of just meeting immediate needs. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that's not important. It is important. But it shouldn't be the be-all, end-all. You know, you're absolutely right. And, and I have to say, in this process, there is an organization here in town that we partnered with, um, and they would make referral to us for women that needed housing that had been working with them, and that was our house. They do a great job there. They're a wonderful community partner, and uh, we collaborated together inside a Pathway of Hope, and we'll continue to work with them because they have the same goal and vision that we do. Yeah, there's another group that I've had on the air that I'm really um, I'm, I'm trying to help out, raise help raise funds for them uh, that are trying. You know, you got all these kids that are in the state program. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you turn 18, suddenly – it's not there for you any longer. Yeah. Right. So how do you help that person move to the next phase of their life? And a lot of these kids, it's the first place that I learned the term couch surfing. Couch surfing, yes. Mm-hmm. All right. That's what these kids are doing. They're crashing on somebody's couch at, at their house and sleeping there for a night and maybe sleeping on somebody else's couch for another couple of nights because they have no place to call, basically call their own. Right. And and this group is trying to help those people uh, make the the change and the the movement across that to bridge from being uh, you know dependent upon the state to being dependent upon themselves. Absolutely. And it's not an easy thing. It is not. It is it's not. not easy. And and I'm all about trying to get people to move move on. I want people to to have their own lives. You know make their their own way yeah. the only way that happens is like programs like this and but the only way programs like this exist and keep happening is whether we like to say the word or not it starts with an m and it's called money mm-hmm. to be you know you guys got to have money, money for each person that comes in to the pathway of hope that's right yeah. you know we could feed a meal for two dollars and 13 cents to an individual um but when you're talking about helping them have life-changing impact, it's a lot more than $2.13. Yeah. yeah. It's about $18 a day now 
for that family that we're working with to help move them into independence and sustainability. But yet to know that when they finish with us in about a year, they're not going to be coming back to us for the next 30 years for every meal at $2.13 a day. William, Michelle, thanks for coming by. Thank you for having us. Salvation Army, always welcome on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget Salvation Army Central Arkansas, write it all out, .org, or give them a call, 501-374-9296. Give towards the pennies uh, for, you know, a million pennies, or just call them and say, I want to give X amount of dollars to the Pathway of Hope. We got more coming your way in the next hour on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, let's move into the four o'clock. Some of you on your way home from work today, congratulations to you. You got through your uh, Monday. Uh, some of us still have uh, a little bit longer to go, and uh, you can maybe feel you know a little empathy for us uh, as uh, you're driving. If you're driving down, you know, the uh, the death corridor of 67, 167, of course, drive safely. Surely uh, that's going to be done here in the next couple of months. And uh, hopefully they're going to move the traffic that's going northbound over onto that southbound side so that they can get the northbound side uh, built up and, and done. looks like the bridge there uh, on the northbound side is just about finished. Well, if you read the newspaper, uh, the Dem Gas, any time between Friday and Sunday, uh, there was just a ton of articles dealing with all of this uh, corruption that's going on uh, in in state uh, government. Let me just to prove uh, what I'm saying off to you. Uh, let me go back. Elizabeth sent me some materials that I was uh, looking at earlier today, and I'm trying to pull it up right now. I'm looking for it. Got to find it here. Just hang hang with me there, uh, my friends that are with me on the uh, the phone here, Brendan Joe. Here we go. Let's start on Friday. Please cite payoffs to Arkansas Senator A., as lobbyists admits role in bribery of lawmakers. Uh, on Thursday, former lobbyist pleads guilty in bribery scheme involving three Arkansas senators. Saturday, Arkansas lobbyist plea flags nonprofit. Senator helped guide funds to teach for America, it says. And then on Sunday, uh, Arkansas lobbyist plea deal describes give-take and quote it, Santa is coming, unquote, one email says. And then from Conduit uh, for Action on Sunday, bribery of public officials disguised as business contracts. So, Brenda and Joe, it's like uh, not good here in uh, in Little Rock and the, the Marble Halls. We've got, uh, what do we got now total? Four, five, about seven or eight? Uh, that have gotten themselves tied up in this spider web of GIF and and all kinds of uh, kickbacks and payoffs. Well, Conduit for Action has been discussing this in writing in our articles since prior to November 2015 when I asked uh, the citizens of Arkansas, you know, why don't we reduce the 
level of corruption by reducing the amount of money going into the government. Uh, this has been out there. It's been discussed by legislators openly, to, you know, in, in person with us since 2000, uh, September 2013, with legislators asking us personally to investigate. But, uh, you know, I would propose and ask the listener, if you've got eight people already indicted or pled guilty, convicted, how many there are that haven't even surfaced, or how many are the FBI um, ignoring in order to go after the bigger fish? Yeah, I mean, this is this is really, really serious. I mean, I want to see every one of these guys get the maximum to be a, 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 a uh, to be honest with everybody, because not only have they broke the law so they can uh, reap some financial gain, gains, but they have completely betrayed the public trust. I think it's up to leadership, and leadership starts with our governor, to turn this thing around. He promises things uh, to happen with words, and soon as Senator A being a she or a he is identified and uh you know, indicted, then that person should resign. I think that is a, an insult to the people of Arkansas, and our governor should ask his nephew to resign. His uh, Jim Hendren, the pre- president pro tem elect, should ask Senator Jeremy Hutchinson to resign, not just for defense of the family name, but to preserve any hope of faith in our government for the next four years. So is Joe there too, Brad? There is, or just you today? Trying to keep him quiet. No, you're trying to keep. I, him I am here, David. I'm in shock. Huh? Shocked, I tell you. Oh that, yeah, none of us. Kind of corruption could be right under our noses. None of us who have been anywhere near uh, the marble halls uh, in in uh, Little Rock are are shocked by this. We've all known that things were going on. Just I couldn't prove it. I, I doubt if you all could prove it. If you could have, uh, we'd all been out shouting from the rooftops. I mean, let's oh, go. No, I wouldn't say we couldn't have proved yeah, it. Who do you prove it to is the question. Yeah. No, no one wanted to listen at the highest levels in Little Rock, and we tried to have those conversations. So I think it probably runs wider and deeper than most. I would argue that is going to be brought out ever. The the people will never know how deep it went and how wide it went because they're going to get a couple of scouts and then move on. And I would never say or ask you to believe we couldn't prove it. All right. So let's roll back in this article that I have from uh, the Demgaz. This is uh, from, what day was this? It was on June the 10th. And uh, they're talking about Cranford here, who was a lobbyist and who evidently was really throwing some money around. And in this article, uh, quoting from January 13th, 2012, 2012, this is five years ago, uh, or six years ago, quote, welcome to campaign season and 2012. The year of the greed is what it is called. That's what Cranford said in an email to the same executive as he made in the Santa Exchange, which the Santa Exchange was that, uh, you know, Santa Claus is coming, dealing with money from GIF. So this has been going on for years, for years. And uh, well, now, 
understand, Dave, that we have called this from 2013 on. The GIF is a small thing. The big thing is the Medicaid expansion dollars. Mm-hmm. Don't don't get caught up in the GIF. There was a tsunami of money that hit the state for this Medicaid expansion, and that's where the real corruption is. And that's and that's where a lot of these stories uh, take us uh, when you look at uh, and again the alleged problems that uh, Senator uh, uh, Hutchinson is going to have. Uh, because of steering, what was it, a half a million dollars towards, uh, uh, was it Preferred Health? Is that the name of the company? Uh, preferred Family Health Care. Yeah. Uh, alternative Opportunities, and that that's the money they have identified at this point. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah that's what I'm saying. This is, uh, we don't know how much money thus far uh, has been has been diverted through senators and representatives getting a cut somewhere to help support a piece of legislation. And again, I'm not saying that they even have to be the person who is carrying the legislation. Maybe they, what they were, were just an important vote in a committee somewhere and people were getting paid off. So, uh, I think there's a lot more to come out about this, and I think from what's listening to what you all said uh, right at the very beginning, you feel the same way. Dave, I would call on the senators and the House members who know these things to come forth, and I'm sure many of them have spoken with the FBI, but they need to come out in public and ask Jeremy and the others that they know related to these things to resign their office in hopes of retaining some dignity in our state. Um, I know that these guys have told us since 2013, these legislators, that Jeremy personally, just like John Woods, bragged regularly about the payments they received from these outside sources. Yeah, the, the, this is not unknown, and it's not that the bad people do bad. You're always going to have that in government. The problem is the good people do nothing. Well, let's. I'm going to ask you, Joe and, and Brenda, to talk a little bit about an article that Conduit for Action published uh, on the 10th, uh, dealing with uh, uh, lobbyist Milton Rusty Cranford. I understand why he went for with the name Rusty. Who, who in God's name would want to call himself Milton? Uh, bribery of public officials disguised as business contracts. Take a few moments uh, and walk the listeners through this article, would you please? Um, I'm, I'm unfortunately, I'm not looking at the article right now. I, sh- I should have pulled it up, but I can, I can probably uh, mimic. You know, it, it outlines the different people that have been convicted and the money that he has paid off. Uh, but when someone accepts, you know, they do business. Uh, they have a have a company of their own, their own LLC, their own law firm or they have uh, uh, a job or they're on the board under the uh, special interest or their, their uh, statement of financial interest, a legislator or an elected official has to uh, record that or file that with the, pub, with the Secretary of State. And they will say whether they make under $1,000 or uh, over, you know, over $12,500, they'll mark the little box. So it's not real specific, but like if your law firm pays you that amount, you'll put an X and put the name of your law firm. And so the money is not a one-for-one tracking of who paid paid you money. 
So the legislators, no doubt, have been jealous of the attorneys who carved out their uh, loophole, if you want to call it a loophole, I would call it uh, dishonesty and uh, uh, a breach of legal ethics, not to mention against the law that legislators are paid to pass legislation. They're actually uh, in it, in their contracts, they say, we're not going to do lobbying. And so when these clients like Preferred Health pays uh, Jeremy money, uh, you know, he might put that he works for them, marks it on the form, and nothing is ever identified exactly how much, certainly not 9000 a month. I think other legislators became a little jealous of this approach and started setting up their own LLCs and called them consulting firms. And you'll find people like Senator Eddie Joe Williams, Senator John Woods, um, just vast number of senators. Uh, Bob Ballinger, I see, had, well, he didn't have a consulting firm, but I think Blue Hog uh, pointed out that he had a real estate company, a title company. And they start working for people who want legislation passed, and it's not directly traceable. And uh, what um, Senator Brian uh, King and Senator Linda Collins-Smith came out with this past session was were bills to disclose these relationships. You know, he's not saying it's illegal. He's just saying shed light on it. Yeah, you got to show the public who pays your bills. It, it's like, David, if somebody wanted you to put a certain guest or a song on the radio, you know, they hire you to watch their car in the parking lot for $500 a day. You know? Yeah, it's called, really? pay, that's called payola. Same thing. <laughs> and so when these senators uh, filed these bills last general session, 2017, uh, Jeremy Hutchinson was one of the primary objectors uh, to filing such a, a bill that would cause the uh, attorneys to have to report these kind of relationships. And uh, I know that some of the senators told me personally it was so disgusting to watch Jeremy knowing he was getting paid off by these companies and him uh, manage to defeat um, Linda's bill. But, you know, I, I lay that at the feet of the Senate. Well, you know, these individuals are, are held hostage by either they might have a spouse or a cousin that has gotten a sweet appointment or a deal down in Little Rock, uh, you know, named to a board or what have you. Got a government job, got one waiting for them after they get out of office. These things are all at risk for anybody who raises, you know, an eyebrow at some of this stuff that's going on. So I, I get it. There's well, a lot of pressure. I would take it to the next level. Guess what happened to uh, Linda Collins-Smith and Brian King? The governor helped them get an opponent, and they were soundly beaten by uh, the machine, the establishment. Chambers of Commerce. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, the people benefiting from these kind of activities. Yeah, it's getting bad, it's, and it's getting worse, Dave. All right, well, better. we're going to take a break. We'll come back. I want you to tell me how it's getting worse, Joe, when we return. It's Dave Ellswick show. Of course, uh, we're here on uh, uh, The Answer. We'll be back with uh, Brenda and Joe from uh, Conduit for Action, their website, conduitforaction.org. Make sure you read their article, Bribery of Public Officials Disguised as Business Contracts. It's an important article to read, and you've heard about it now here on The Morning Show with Paul Harrell and on my show here in the afternoon. So you know that it's important that you take the time to read and digest what's in it. All right, we continue with Brenda and Joe from Conduit for Action, uh, talking about the corruption that's been going on. Uh, here in the state legislation or legislator. Now, to be honest, I think this kind of corruption has been going on 
probably since the first, uh, the second week that they were meeting, going back to their inception. But uh, it has gotten worse. And Joe, you made the statement before we went to break that it's getting, you know, more. Uh, there's more to be uh, to come out. I guess is is what you're saying when you say it's going to get worse. Uh, share with us what you think on that. Well, what I what I think is that not only, I, I, as I said earlier, I think they're going to get a few scouts to show the public that they're cleaning it up. Uh, John Woods didn't get sentenced. I mean, why not? He will be. Well, he will be later. But everybody's going to forget about it then, and they're going to do the minimum to disrupt the system that enrich, enriches some elected officials and their families and surrounding entourages. It is the biggest business in Arkansas to be in the legislature or in the government in some way. Everybody wants that government job or their spouse or kids or whatever to all benefit from what government does. I mean, they have way too much money to spend. Well, that's what, uh, to me, that's how this thing really falls out. In 2012, they knew they were going to get the, or the potential was there to get the Obama dollars. And of course, they want to call it not Obama, but whatever. The Obama, Obama health care dollars were dangled under their nose, and they went after it. Now, think about the differences that we had. Arkansas has seen this kind of corruption before, in, in my recent memory, and that was during Bill Clinton and his successor, Jim Guy Tucker. And think about the leaders and the impact they have on the legislature and the people under them. And we had a lot of people following this same kind of path during those administrations. Mike Huckabee, a lot of conservatives might not have liked everything he did. He certainly grew government. But you can talk to Brian King coming into office in 2006. He, re he reminisces about a totally different kind of legislature. Those guys were business owners, and they knew how to squeeze a dollar. They, they brought us through the recession, and, you know, they knew what money was about. But see how, how the legislature mimics the leadership, and that's what I think we have right here. It, yeah, it's not a DNR thing. It, it, it's all about leadership. And just picture, if you would, and have the listeners should picture, let's say the government, the state government's role is holding up the flag outside the school to stop traffic. That's the government's only job. And that person is paid $10 a day. Well, if you throw $10,000 at them, they're going to find all kinds of things to do. And as long as they keep putting that flag out, people don't really watch what else they're doing. All right, do me a favor. They're doing all kinds of crazy things. Joe, Joe, I need you to hold your, your thunder for a moment. i got to get to the news. After we've had the news, we're going to come back and talk further about what you and Brenda have both said and get into it a little more deeper. But first, I got to get the news here on, on the Dave Ellswick Show, and that's coming up here in about three, two, and one. All right, we continue here on the, uh, the Dave Ellswick Show talking about government corruption, not in Washington, D.C., but right here at home in uh, Arkansas with our uh, legislature. And, and and let me make a, a statement as we move into this. Not everybody in the state legislature is on the take, but there are people that are on the take. And if you're not on the take, you should be doing something about it because whether you are or aren't, that some are is muddying everybody. All of you are being splashed with the same mud right now here in, in the state. So 
hopefully some some good people will stand up and do what needs to be done in the the house and in the senate i would hope it will be number one for them to do here within the end of this week uh maybe uh bring themselves together and start dealing uh with this situation because they could do that am i am i correct that they could make some changes before they have to all get together in uh, 2019 guys they can uh, i think david's article uh maybe has something to, uh, about the rules either this article that's current now or the one before it talked about all the things that they could have already done that that would do a lot of good but what we got to watch you for is for them telling us we have done this and we have cleaned it up because it's the same as a bill you know, they call it something, but it actually does nothing or does the opposite. It was John Woods who put the ethics amendment on the ballot. I mean, right. after all. Mr. Ethics <laughs> got it, the voters voted on it. But you've got to read something beyond the title. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you got to read that whole piece. Reform, I thought. Anything that says uh, issue three on the ballot, I vote no now. Yeah, we ought to just ban that number. <laughs> yeah, you're exactly right. Exactly well, what right. What we see is. Uh, a lot of borrowed money from the Treasury, the $20 trillion debt, nobody connects this. They all claim $20 trillion debt is terrible, but then when it comes to the state, they want to take it all. Well, it's borrowed money that we took to expand Medicaid. And there was so much money floating around and to be had by providers like Preferred Health and Blue Cross and hospitals themselves. I mean, can't blame them if they see a new revenue stream why not but the, everybody took all this money and everybody got on board and if you didn't get on board you were targeted you got brian king you got linda collins smith both targeted because they were not getting on board and now they have plenty of money at their disposal to steer now who's, who they are is what's yet to be determined in in full but we know it starts at the top and they, they've got enough money to buy enough friends to keep or get somebody elected. You know, and they're still saying Obamacare and Arkansas Works are not the same thing. I, I cannot believe they're still rolling that crap out. Is Fort Smith buying it? I mean, you know, I hope not because to for, hear Matt Pitch say that, uh, well, if you want to stop Obamacare, you need to be a U.S. congressman. I mean, surely the citizens are not still believing that. I mean, it's, it's disgusting. I'm sitting here holding a, a mailer from John Woods. A, John Woods is a proven conservative, and Patsy Wooten, the chairman of Conservative Arkansas, says John Woods is a strong Christian conservative who will fight to protect the values of Northwest Arkansas. Well, now that I think about it, oh, the values of Northwest Arkansas may be on trial uh, yet again soon. But, yeah, but just the fact that they go out and still try to claim, although the governor and, and many uh, legislators have said Medicaid expansion is a part of Obamacare. But then come election time, they try to distance them, and they say it with a straight face. It's unbelievable, but it, evidently it works when you have 18% turnout in an election. All right, so let me change the, the the road that we're changing or traveling right now and turn it just a little bit. How do we get new legislators into our uh, 
our House and our Senate, and then they slowly are, not even slowly in many cases, uh, we know that from in the in the Senate, uh, it, it can be a quick turn. And then I read the article that you all did back on June 5th called Training Your Legislator and talking about setting up rules that will stop this kind of uh, corruption starts right at the beginning here as I look at you got a list of the 2016 House Legislative Institute. Now, this is an institute that freshman House members and senators go to to learn how to file bills and, and how to make their way around uh, the marbled halls of, of, of the Capitol. Let me just read through this real quickly, and then, and then we're going to talk about it. Sunday, December 4th. The cocktail reception and dinner at the Little Rock Club Regions Bank building hosted by the Arkansas Manufactured Housing Association, Arkansas Ohio, uh, Oil Marketers Association, Arkansas Petroleum Council, and the Arkansas Cable Telecommunications Association. Monday the 5th, breakfast hosted by Centerpoint Energy, lunch hosted by Impact Management Group, Reception and dinner hosted by Mulinex and Associates. Tuesday, start with, you've got breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We'll start with breakfast. Well, that's hosted by the Associate, Associated General Contractors of Arkansas. The lunch is hosted by Stevens Investment Holdings, LLC. Dinner at the Victory Building, room 445, hosted by Phillips Management and Consulting Services. And everything that these guys go to is hosted by some group that I'm sure has different things that they would like to push in the legislature. Now, I'm not saying that every one of them has some kind of, uh, you know, dark side to their organization and they're trying to buy votes or whatever. But what I am saying is that the legislators immediately are taught that, look, the lobbyists and all these groups are there to spend money on you. Well, you can look at the incumbents' um, financial disclosures when they run for re-election, and it's, they're the same people financing, nearly the same, sometimes in varying, various degrees, the re-election of the incumbents. And, um, you know, once you get in and you, you, you give in to what's there, it's hard to remember who sent you there. I mean, it just is what it is. Well, it, it really comes back to what do you know when you go there, and if you've been in business for 20 or 30 years, you know when people are trying to buy your business. And it, it's not so much a, that it's a wrong for the people to offer to buy your vote. It's the person that has the power to vote taking it. I mean, you you can get you can offer me all kinds of stuff, and I'm not going to do it for any reason. Everybody has their price, perhaps, but they find it easier and and more acceptable in that sphere of influence, that bubble down there, to take it from these really nice people at these uh, lobbyists and special interests that, at some level, do educate them and and tell them what's going on. But they do have an interest. Sometimes that interest is parallel to the to what's good for the people, a lot of times it's not. But they're only interested in what they want. 
it's the elected official, their responsibility to do what they promised to do. But it's not as easy to get election support in dollars from the grassroots because, you know, they're, they're too demanding of what they want on principle, and they're dirty. These are clean people that only want one thing from you, and they'll help you any way they can to get it. We're just, it's just so much easier to get reelected, even if you got elected by the grassroots. Yeah, but here, here's, the, here, here's the key. We Republican County Committee back, I think it was November, and a legislator, I'll go ahead and name who it was, uh, Della Rosa stands up, and, and she's just really railing against the audience. She says, see how you people are acting toward us? This is why we don't come back and talk to you. <laughs> it was awesome. Wow. Yeah. I'm not coming back to answer to the people in my district. You're too mean to me. <laughs> yeah, but, but I want to go back to, to the point that I was trying to make. From the very beginning, when somebody is elected and they show up and they're going to training, number one, why do they have to have breakfast, lunch, and dinner like this where uh, – you know, I mean, these guys are going to get per diem as it is. Why uh, Why shouldn't they take care of their own meals? And this whole thing of having all of these organizations like the Arkansas Society of Professional Lobbyists uh, paying for it, where evidently it seems to me it wants everybody wants the lobbyists or wants the legislators to know that the lobbyists are there to take care of them. You know, not only I think John you know, Woods knew this was a problem. Therefore, he passed. You know, he helped pass the issue three that said no more of this. And as soon as it was voted on by the people and passed, he goes in and amends it and says, "Oh, if you invite the whole group, then we could still do it." You know, it was like well, a joke against the people. It's really sad. Right. Uh, if you take the wrong money from the wrong people, you got thirty days to correct it. <laughs> if you're a legislator, yeah. Um, you know, this is a problem that Arkansas, and, and now we have 18% of the registered voters to show up to vote to tell the elected officials what they want. Uh, people are disgusted. They're disengaged. All they can do is hide, and then they want to listen to conduit, and we're such Debbie Downers, such bad news, and so hateful. And uh, so, you know, Dave, you tell us what the answer is. I mean, it's easy to get discouraged. I think the, the, the first thing is hopefully... Uh, as some of this is being made public, uh, that uh, people will get fed up and will demand of their legislators to stop this. I mean, this should not be even allowed to happen. Period. Well, there's a different set of rules for us than there are them, Dave. You know, I mean, to be honest, maybe in tax reform we should, uh, you know, maybe consider taxing their per diems double. (laughs) Well, maybe uh, or maybe we should demand or maybe we should demand a receipt. You know what? I can't go to my I can't go to my uh, company and say to them, hey, I got uh, I went to this uh, dinner and this is what I paid. Now I want to be reimbursed for it. I can't get that unless I have a receipt. If I'm not mistaken, they don't need a receipt. Like 40 percent. I mean, am, I would, that would make them really happy. They get lots of money, and am, am I not correct? Pay for it. Am I not correct that a, a, an elected uh, representative or senator do not have to present a receipt for reimbursement? They just get reimbursed. 
they just show they showed up and then they don't even have to attend anything. It's really yeah, they, sad. Yeah, they go in the door, punch their time clock, and then leave. So that's yeah. got to be stopped. I remember uh, someone who had worked there for thirty something years told me they they usually came the most at Christmas. <laughs> People would come to do their Christmas shopping. And, you know, come to all the meetings at Christmas time. It's, yeah. You know, it's been a system that hasn't worked uh, to the advantage of the people for a long, long time. I think term limits is probably the best thing we had going for us. But thanks again to John Woods. <laughs> he's, you know, well, he's, he's a real it. broker. You know, give him credit. Well, yeah. the legislators do not want term limits, believe me. <clears throat> well, right. there you go. I, I didn't vote to pass it. I just voted to put it on the ballot. Yeah, that's exactly right. I'll never forget that. And I just, yeah. I mean, I'm, we talked about that on the air for several days here on my show. Everybody can see through that. But what do you, you know, what do you do except vote against issue three? And even if you vote against it, they got enough people to vote for it because most people evidently didn't understand we already had term limits. All right, we're going to take you a know, break. Dave, I would say you're pretty powerful. You ought to make a list of the things, you know, five top issues, and you ought to send them to us and let us talk about those. Because when we talked about the grocery sales tax, yes. that thing stopped. So you stopped that thing. So maybe you could do some other things like well, that. Well, I'll tell you what. I think we can stop this kind of crap that's going on where legislators, if they're not being bought, appear to be being bought and just the appearance the perception is enough to destroy the belief in the government that you have by the people who are voting for people and putting them in that government and that's got moved from it was the appearance that we're trying to stop under the law to no no it's only after the conviction that we're stopping yeah (laughs) we got got to stop this there's no doubt about it all right brenda and joe stay with me we got one more segment coming up here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, we've got uh, just a few moments left with Brenda and uh, and with Joe. And I, I can tell you what I, I'm going to do, Brenda and Joe. I'm, I'm serious about, you know, starting the drumbeat to, to change the necessary laws to make this stuff stop. And I'm not just talking about cosmetic stuff. I'm talking about some serious stuff that has, has some real teeth in it. So... Um, I have uh, some state senators and state representatives I can invite on. I'm going to invite uh, Senator Hendren and uh, our new uh, uh, from the House. Um, our new uh, I just lost Shepherd, Matt Shepard. Yeah, Shepard, the new speaker on to talk specifically uh, to this as as well and, and stop a, a lot of this. Uh, You're barking up the wrong tree. Well, got to get them on and get them on record. That's the only way you change stuff, Joe. You got to get them on record by it and then well, make them say. Well, it ends it. You know, I'm just saying. Just saying. Yeah, good, good call, Dave. Yeah, good I'm, call. I'll do, it, I'll do as much as that I can do uh, from the seat that I sit in. And, and that's the major thing I do is to get people on and to speak about it. And if you can get Absolutely. them to speak about them, about it, it, you can read between the lines sometimes when they're on the air. And people have seen that happen many a time on this show. So what all what all articles are you all looking at uh, writing here in the future? Uh, evidently, you are doing a little bit of researching of, of this topic that's out there. It looks like the Demgaz has found a, a bone that they can chew on a little bit. Maybe they'll do more. I'm not expecting much out of the local... TV stations. I doubt if any of them have an investigative reporting session section at all. So, uh, you know, what are you all looking to do? 
Well, we are, uh, you know, we've, we've done the research and, and, you know, laid the foundation for the last several years, the only voice in the wilderness kind of thing. And, I mean, we could go toward people who haven't been uncovered yet. I just, you know, asked Joe when's the last time we heard Senator X's name mentioned. But, uh, you know, those things we're not likely to disclose until there's more evidence. I mean, you know, we don't tell everything we know. Sure. Well, and, and again, you know, why, why beat dead horses? Uh, it can only, they're only going to do so much. The powers that be in Arkansas that can get people elected and not elected and, and the special interest money will only let a certain amount happen until people rise up. I mean, I'm worried about the, the courts, you know, and what I see is, you know, the corruption in the court system. We saw the bribe, the letter discussing bribery on the marijuana panel, and, uh, you know, we talk, we hear the, the dark money. Uh, we have the Bar Association's president saying it's sewer money. I mean, for crying out loud, free speech, people need to be educated what free speech is. And, and if you want to talk about dark money, these, bribe, these cases that are coming uh, up with plea bargains and that kind of thing, that's the real dark money. Well, and there's a lot of, I mean, when you have two, three, four, five billion dollars to spread around the state and you, you control that, you can put people in jobs, you know, you can buy a lot of friends, you can influence a lot of people to keep you, you know, in, in the manner in which you want to run this government. And until people, you know, get out there and exercise their right to vote in an educated way, nothing is going to change significantly, just the news cycle will. But I really hope that Terry Rice and uh, 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 Gary Stubblefield, Alan Clark, They'll focus on those contracts, the contract system in Arkansas. And, you know, we, we saw uh, um, some of the other senators focusing on that because that's where the corruption is along with the commissions and the authorities. I mean, those are some things that haven't even been tapped yet. But you look at that and what's going on with those and you really get depressed. Well, the government is just doing too much, Dave, as you know. The government's doing too much to watch it all. We need to give them less money. They need to do less things than do them better with more transparency. Yeah, it used to be a three-week... Having a a good role in the... But not running the economy. Yeah, it used to be a three-ring circus. ...on that Medicaid expansion in about two years, and we'll see what happens and where the money comes from. Yeah, it used to be a three-ring circus. Not so anymore. It's like a 50-ring circus going on. You can't watch watch all the acts at the same uh, time. On the short-term horizon. I'm with you. Guys, we're out of time. i got to let you go. I appreciate you. Don't forget to listen to the Paul Harrell Show every morning from 8 a.m. to 6, uh, or 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. And uh, Paul will be talking about uh, a lot of these same issues uh, from Conduit News, conduitforaction.org, uh, the website. You need to check it out each day. Read these articles because they've been some really good reporting and articles here in the last few weeks. Thanks so much for being with me, guys. You're you're letting everybody know, guys. All right. Well, thank you for coming on. Appreciate it. We will talk to you uh, next Monday at this time. Don't forget about Sunny's Auto Salvage, your number one choice for recycled auto parts. Phone number there is 982-7451. You know, all the cars and trucks that we drive reached into their life for one of two reasons. Either they're worn out where they've been totaled in an accident. And RD over at Sunny's Auto Salvage goes out and picks those by hand for well-maintained total loss vehicles so that you can get the parts you need to fix your automobile. Just call Sunny's Auto Salvage, your number one choice for recycled auto parts like I did for my transmission and my engine for my 2009 uh, Corolla at 982-7451.
Hey, before I get Robert on, Robert Steinbach coming up, let me remind you the Godfather Part 2, our June classic movie coming up tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, Riverdale 10. Tickets can be bought at Riverdale10.com. Get your tickets now and uh, enjoy that great movie. You won't want to miss. I, I think, I don't know whether one or two is the best Godfather movie. I think they're both at about... 99 percent and you're just like that close uh they're just both really 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 good movies all right robert uh Steinbach's joining us today again as he does on mondays it's been a couple of uh mondays since we had him on since i wasn't here last monday wasn't there the weekend before because we had memorial day he did join me uh, during a thursday segment to talk a little bit about uh, what was going on with the Supreme Court on uh, subjects and things of that nature. But, Robert, this has been a while since we've had an hour to sit down and uh, to talk uh, together. And the first thing I want to talk to you is exactly what I just talked about to uh, Conduit for Action in the last hour, and that is what is it going to take for the legislators of the state of Arkansas to get serious about ethical changes so that this crazy stuff that we're seeing going on of this corruption that is infiltrated into some of the, the legislators of our state to get it to get it to stop. I mean, we, we always hear that they're getting together and they do something about about corruption and they do something about ethics, but it doesn't have any teeth to it. It'd be like if you were attacked by a pit bull that didn't have any teeth whatsoever. All you could do is gum you. So, you know, what... You know, what do we do? I, I mean, is it going to take, I mean, the people of Arkansas to, to stand on the, the steps of the state capitol with uh, torches and pitchforks and saying, stop this crap? Well, I think that we need to pass a law much like what Kim Hammer had suggested in the last legislative session. Uh, we need real ethics to go on. We're reading day in and day out in the newspaper about bad behavior by governmental officials. Look, this is why I'm the guy who always advocates for the Freedom of Information Act, because you have to shine light on the behavior of government officials. And we've said it a thousand times on your show, Dave. That is, it's not that government actors are bad, but they have an immense amount of power control an immense amount of money, and if there's no oversight, some of them are, are going to go astray. And it's for their benefit, as well as ours, that we have sufficient transparency and sufficient public oversight so that they don't go astray. We're all better. We're better off if money is not misspent and people's careers aren't ruined because of temptations that they have. Let's have transparency. And that's why I'm constantly advocating for the Freedom of Information Act, because it's for the public good. If your government government official is not doing what you want to do or not telling you what he is doing, then make a FOIA request. That's how we ensure that the government official is doing what he is supposed to do. Uh, and if he's not doing what he is saying he's doing, uh, get the records to see what's going on behind it. Well, it's really but, concerning to me, Robert, Is and, and, and I, I made this statement 
in the last hour to Brenda and Joe at Conduit for Action is that if we don't stop this, if we don't stop it in its tracks, because, you know, it, it's cyclical, it seems to me, as I've been watching Arkansas politics, it, it's about, seems to be about an, an every decade thing. It, 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 it kind of calms down and then all of a sudden it roars back and people right. are, are taking uh, payoffs and stuff. I mean, in this case, exactly. we may have a payoff of up to half a million dollars going on. So I, I'm, I'm just sitting here watching this stuff and I'm thinking if we don't stop it, what's going to happen is very simple. The people of Arkansas, if they haven't already, I think a percentage have done this already, are going to check out from uh, believing anything that a That's state right. legislator or state senator says they're not going to believe it, and they're going to wonder where you're on the take. That, that's, that's what these. Right. This is what these guys and, and ladies got to understand. These people that are taking the money right now that they've caught and they're going to be prosecuted and hopefully given the maximum sentence they can be given. Uh, that's right. You know, they're, that mud is splashing on every one of them that that's goes right. to the state capitol. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And that's the problem is that we need to remove that temptation from these governmental officials and we need to have oversight. And that's why they need to disclose if they have conflicts when they're voting on bills. I'm talking about legislators, of course. We need to see what goes on in the executive branch. We need to see what the government is doing. We're paying for it. This is not about mistreating government officials. This is not about leverage on government officials. This is simply about disclosure. And like I was saying, if a government official says he's going to do something, uh, I'm going to build a building, and then the building's not going up, make a request to find out where that money's going. This is just an example. Find out why government officials are doing what they're doing and find out what they're doing when you don't know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. It's about disclosure mandatory disclosure and transparency inside the legislature and outside the legislature. And, you know, laws don't stop anything unless they're enforced. And, and there's no use in writing a law that there's not a punishment component to it. Absolutely. There must be a, a punishment component that makes a legislator say is $2,000 worth it. Is is ten thousand dollars worth it? Because if I get bought, I get bit by this. uh, You know, not only this is going to affect me in a way that I don't want to be affected. That's right. Well, that's that's how law works, right? It doesn't capture everything. We create laws to disincentivize bad behavior, and they work. But they don't work 100%. We know they don't work 100%, but that's it. You need to put a price. And the thing about transparency laws is they work on the front end. If you create transparency, then people are not going to run around with their hands in other people's pockets, right? You don't see people's hands in other people's pockets in bright light. Why? Because you can see it, and you're on the, you're on the, on the bus, and you say, hey, hey, buddy, that guy's got his hand in your pocket, and he turns around, right? Yeah. So that's transparency, and then the back end is if he winds up pickpocketing you and runs away and you call the cops, then he gets thrown in jail. So that's why we need both 
and both sides of that coin. We need transparency to disincentivize the bad behavior because governmental actors will know they're uh, under the spotlight, so to speak. And on the back end, if they try something nefarious and, and get away with it initially, they'll get caught and they'll get punished. All right. So I want you to uh, to join with me, if you would. I already talked to you yes, about this on the phone. We're, we're going yes, to be sir. working, of course, on the First Amendment together uh, in 2019. But uh, when you get back here to the area, I want to buy you lunch and I want to sit down and talk with you. Promise me that you'll work with me and we'll do everything we possibly can as just fellow citizens in Arkansas to uh, to stop this 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 lunacy that's uh, affecting uh, our state. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I'm a cheap date, no less. So the lunch <laughs> won't cost you much. <laughs> oh boy, I hope. Did we record that? Did you record? You did, Ross. Yeah. Okay, I yeah. want yeah. to. I'm going to use that if you hit me for a thirty dollar lunch or something, dude. No, sir. It's it's going to be wrapped <laughs> in paper, and uh, it's going to come with disposable. You know where? You know where we'll go? We'll go to Whole Hog, and we'll invite everybody to come down to Whole Hog because I'm up in New York, as you know, right now, and I am missing my barbecue, particularly the beef brisket. Fantastic. All right, well, yeah. Yeah, as long as it's beef brisket, yeah. He's not right. it's not pulled pork. You, you, you can get the pulled pork. That's okay. <laughs> it won't bother you if you smell pork on my breath? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'll tell you some yes, other place we need to go. Some other place that we've gotta go. We gotta get down to Dugan's again, butter. Yeah. You yep, and I need to go absolutely. to Dugan's, and I'll buy the first basket of uh, deep-fried jalapenos. How's that sound? That sounds like a deal. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, a professor says, if you have a viewpoint for diversity and you're a conservative, well, that's just a Trojan horse for racism. We'll talk about that when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you. Robert uh, Steinbach's my guest. He is a uh, Law professor for the folks over at UALR, Bowen School of Law. His opinions are his and his alone. Do not uh, reflect that of the uh, university or the school of law. They're only his opinions. So I'm glad I got that in. Uh, yes, sir. This is the stuff that drives me crazy. We allow we allow people to teach this kind of crap that we're going to talk about in just a moment uh, in our universities. So uh, this is a uh, New York uh, senior campus correspondent uh, from the folks at Campus Reform, Tony uh, Arakesian, I think would be the way her name would be uh, pronounced. This is from the University of Tennessee in Knoxville uh, from a sociology professor. Now, let me make clear that I stand up for the First Amendment, and that is that this person has the right to say what they're saying as an individual, but not with the with the complicity and the backing of the university itself, and well, that and that's the difference here. And more importantly, that they're entitled to say it doesn't make it right. Right? We get to say, guess what? That's hogwash. That's hokum. Yeah. Nonsense. But you go ahead. You describe to the audience what what Holcomb is being said, and yeah. then we can refute it. Holcomb is a mild word to what I would say. Uh, bovine excrement is better yeah. here. Uh, it's a radio version. <laughs> yeah, of of my one of my favorite 
words, whether it is a bull's or a horse's. A uh, University of Tennessee Knoxville sociology professor argued in a recent op-ed that conservatives who advocate for diversity of thought in higher education, as you and I do, are really just using it as a, quote, Trojan horse for white identity politics. According to Victor Ray, conservative ideas are actually on college campuses and support for diversity of thought is just a political project aimed at making racist and misogynistic ideas acceptable. Unbelievable. He's three faulty yeah. premises many conservatives believe about diversity of thought. Published Friday by Inside Higher Education, written by Professor Victor Ray. While supporters of viewpoint diversity say they wish to ensure that students are exposed to multiple sides of a debate, Ray ascribes more nefarious motives to their advocacy, claiming that they actually seek to promote a, quote, reactionary status quo, unquote, of conservative, racist, and misogynistic thoughts. Look, uh, first to recap what what this person is saying, uh, the person is saying, you know, we always say, you and I and other conservatives, look, there's always claim for diversity. Uh, but the diversity that the leftists keep talking about is appearance diversity. Oh, what color is your hair? What color is your skin? Uh, um, it's it's all surface Right. What uh, what's your, shall we say, plumbing, meaning male or female plumbing. Uh, But what is that supposed to give us? Right. If 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 there is a a female version of me or a darker skinned version of me and and comes on your radio show and sounds like me uh, and it's over the radio. So you can't see the person says the same things that Rob Steinbuck says. is there any difference? Is there any benefit to Dave Ellswick or his listeners that you either have Rob Steinbuck or Roberta Steinbuck, who has a deeper voice, mine's a kind of high voice to begin with, right? So is there any difference just because we put the A at the end of Robert? We, uh, no, is the answer. So diversity, ultimately, for to have any meaningful sense, is about different ideas. Different things to say. You can say, oh, well, because you have this background, you have a perspective that another person doesn't have. Okay, maybe, maybe I climbed uh, a certain mountain and I can describe it in a way that people who haven't climbed the mountain cannot. And so conservatives say a little less focus on skin color and and other appearance-related issues, a little more focus on substance. Does the person have something different to say such that we have diversity of thought? And you know what the, the, the leftists say? We've heard it. We discuss it every time, every week on the Dave Ellswick show. Oh, you're a racist. You're an ist. You're this oh, kind yeah. of ist. You're that kind of ist. They call you names. Right, because you haven't bought into part and parcel the the identity politics that defines the left 
today. It's all about, well, we need three of these and two of these and one of these. You know, it's like the, it's like the 12 days of Christmas song, right? You know, and you just count down each uh, what you need. But what, you don't need a variety of different appearances. You need different thought, particularly, particularly in higher education. And guess what? You don't have it in higher education. Higher education is overwhelmingly leftist. The diversity that exists in higher education is, are you left, far left, or very, very far left? That's the diversity in higher education. So people might say, well, what about you, Rob? Yes, fair enough. I exist, and I'm in higher education, and I am an extreme minority. So if you want real diversity, you need more people that say things like I say and other things, not only things that I say. But what you don't need more of if you want diversity of thought is more leftist viewpoints because that is almost entirely what you hear in higher education. And I'm not sure how that's supposed to matter or how that is supposed to differ, I should say, because one person is a woman, one person is a man, or darker or lighter, if what they're saying is exactly the same thing. And so when we conservatives say, hey, how about diversity of thought of any ilk, of any ilk, guess what? Outcome the is. Out come the claims. And you know what? It didn't work. It didn't work in the last presidential election when most of America uh, was told, as Hillary did with her deplorable, deplorable comment, that, that, oh, you guys are a bunch of ists. This type of ist and that type of ist. And you know what? People looked around in their families. They looked to the left and the right, and they looked in the mirror, and they said, I'm not an ist. I'm a normal person yep. with normal desires. And stop calling me names. And guess what? You want to call me names? You're entitled to call me names. I ain't voting for you, though. <laughs> I ain't voting for you. That's the deal. Call me whatever names you want. You're legally entitled to do it. But you ain't getting my vote. Yeah. By the way, the, this uh, uh, political professor, college professor, mm-hmm authors a column called Conditionally Accepted, an Inside Higher Ed, a career advice column for marginalized professors. Do you have any idea what he means by marginalized professors? I suspect, in all seriousness, that he means the things we've been talking about, uh, people who are racial minorities um, uh, or maybe uh, and or uh, maybe people who are uh, of the LGBT community, um, something like that. The irony is that who, what does marginalized mean? It means someone who's who's on the outs, right, who's not part of the, the whole group in the center. And in academia, who's marginalized? Conservatives. That much is clear. That's just math, right? I don't, I don't need to make a philosophical argument to tell, to tell you if there's only one out of 100 faculty members who's a conservative, that's the marginalized conservative. And so that, that person is without power. That person cannot exercise force. That person cannot be a, a, a bully. He can only be bullied because... He is left in the cold when compared to the masses in higher education. That's marginalization. That's the real definition. I doubt, but I don't know, 
that this person is, is talking in those terms. All right. Need you to hold your thoughts. We come back. Yes, We've got a lot to talk about. Robert Steinbach is my guest. It's a Monday. He's always with me in the 5 o'clock hour. We'll continue our discussion when we return here on The Answer. But right now, let's catch up, up on what's going on with the news. All right. Back with you. Robert, i got to read something to you. It doesn't surprise me. But I think that the Democrats are slowly uh, driving more nails into their own coffin. Uh, right. And here's, here, here's what the, uh, the article says. Democrats in the House and the Senate are pushing firearm licensing and registration requirements. The push is contained in legislation titled Blair Holt. Firearm Owner Licensing and Record of Sale Act of 2018. It's being sponsored by Congressman Bobby Rush of Illinois and Senator Duckworth of Illinois. The text of the legislation says, quote, to provide for the implementation of a system of licensing for purchasers of certain firearms and for a record of sale system for those firearms, and for other purposes. The phrase certain firearms refers to, quote, a handgun or a semi-automatic rifle that is capable of accepting a detachable ammunition feeding device, unquote. The legislation defines an automation an, uh, uh, ammunition feeding device as a device capable of being detached from a semi-automatic rifle and has a capacity of or that can be readily restored or converted to accept more than 10 rounds of ammunition, unquote. In order to legally possess semi-automatic handguns or rifles, a citizen would have to possess, quote, a firearm owner's license or a state firearm license, unquote. Now, for everybody who says whenever we said, the Democrats want to come for your guns. There's perfect reality that that's exactly what they're trying to do. There's no question the Democrats don't want, on average, for the most part, don't want people to have access and ability to buy firearms. It's that simple. And for the most part, they don't support the vigorous understanding that we now have of the Second Amendment. They just don't. By the way, they're entitled to that view. It's just not the law, meaning if they want that view, they got to change the Constitution. And if enough people support them, they can do it. America doesn't support that idea. Do you, America, go ahead. Now, do you think that the Democrats have over bought into Hogg and these students that had the problem at Parkland with the shooting that they had there? that they've bought into that a majority of Americans agree with this gentleman? I guess. It's a, it's a really good question that you pose, right? Because let's step back one level of abstraction for a moment and think about what the Democrats are doing and what you said in the intro to this uh, talk right now. And that is the Democrats keep doing things that ensure that they're going to lose elections, right? Do they Are they aware that they are invoking ideas that Americans, for the most part, don't support. But remember, it was Donald Trump 
who was able to get the Democrats to basically come out and defend these animals, animals that are these MS-13 murderous gang members. And then they go, oh, well, they're not animals. Yeah, you know why? Because it's an insult to animals. Like, these people are butchers. And, and the Democrats are so anti-Trump and equally, almost equally, not quite, but almost equally anti-conservative that give them a conservative idea and certainly give them a Trump idea and they will say the opposite. So, you know, it's like that kind of kid's game where, where you say one thing to trick the other person into saying the opposite, you know, and, and you say, oh, um, uh, what you really want to do is um, not give me any of your money. And then the Democrat would say, oh, here, take all my money. Wait, what? Right. They're so quick just to say the opposite. They don't realize what they're saying. And now they're calling for the registration of guns. Remember the the Democrats who uh, four years ago, eight years ago, were saying, no, we're for the Second Amendment, just reasonable regulation, mm-hmm. just modest regulation on the extreme uh, on the mar- on the margin, I should say. And now they are on the extreme. Right, they're coming out. We want a national database to register all purchases of firearms. Well, it's the first time I, I'll be honest. First time I've ever heard any congressman or senator right. say you must have a government license, mm-hmm. whether it be mm-hmm. federal or state, to own a semi-automatic handgun or rifle. Mm-hmm. And, and indeed, by the way, that was the issue in the Heller case in D.C. When in, in D.C. it was so regulated that you couldn't own any firearm without getting a, a license first from, the, shall we call, the state of D.C. And the Supreme Court said, uh, no, <laughs> that's not what the Second Amendment permits. The Second Amendment does permit, the court said accurately, by the way, some regulation. But it doesn't permit a scheme, a regulatory scheme, in which uh, you can easily be denied the ability to own a gun because you've got to jump through all these hoops. That's not regulation. That's preventing the Second Amendment from being enforced to the benefit of the citizenry. Uh, And so the, the Supreme Court has answered this question already, yet we see this time and time again because the liberals are uh, um, trying to rally their base. I don't blame them, but what they don't, the calculus that they don't do is that every time they do that, they, they, for every uh, liberal that already supports them, uh, they get two people in the middle to go to the conservatives. So, hey, it's good for us. Keep it up, liberals. That's what I say. It's not going to pass, and it's going to hurt them in the next election for sure. Yeah, well, let's move on. Yes, sir. Article that uh, was in Commentary Magazine, written by Amari, uh, was the last name of the writer. The war on bathroom privacy. You would think that this would go away, but it just stays around. Uh, The transgender movement expects Americans to deny the most basic truths about bodily sex and human nature, and whether out of fear or apathy, most acquiesce, but 19-year-old Alexis Lightcamp won't go along with that. She insists that male and female bodies are different, that the difference has important consequences for the privacy and dignity of men and women alike, and she's prepared to go all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court to make the point. 
She's one of six student plaintiffs, the only one to go public, in a lawsuit challenging the transgender bathroom policy at Boyertown Area School District about an hour outside Philadelphia, which allows students to use the bathroom, locker, and other private facilities of the opposite sex based solely on their own subjective sense of gender identity. Put another way, the school district permits biological boys or biological girls to enter girls' private facilities or boys' private uh, facilities, vice versa, et cetera, et cetera. So one day in 2016, when she was a junior at Boyertown High, Light Camp found herself on the sharp end of the policy. Quote, I was on my way to the girls' bathroom, she said in the phone interview, when I suddenly saw a male inside the washroom washing his hands, and I froze. Then I ran out in shock. How did she know the student was male? I've been going to this school since fourth grade. It's a tiny district. I know everybody. Up to this moment, this person was a male. Lightcap immediately told a teacher about the incident. Concerned, her teacher urged her to alert administrators, but a principal told Lightcap and her teacher to deal with it, meaning the new policy. School officials told the other student plaintiffs, who include boys and girls, that they need to, quote, tolerate changing with the opposite sex and to make it as natural as possible, according to a legal brief filed by the Alliance Defending Freedom, the uh, religious liberty law firm representing Light Camp and the other students. A spokeswoman for the school district declined to uh, comment. Boyerton Area School District, however, hasn't bothered to inform the student body or parents about the policy change. We know why, don't we, Robert? Uh, Only the students who sought access to opposite-sex bathrooms were in the know. Not that a heads-up would have changed Light Camp's mind. Bottom line, they didn't tell the parents or anybody because they knew the, the Shiite storm that would have erupted on them. Yeah, look, it, it, it was 25 years ago or so that uh, uh, Shannon Faulkner, a woman, applied to the Virginia Military Institute, which is a private school, but to be clear, that takes public monies. And then, guess what? You're, you're, you're up to the public rules when you take the public monies. And uh, she applied, didn't check whether she was a male or female. Uh, and at that time, it was a male-only school. I worked at the law firm that represented her when she sued that uh, school, VMI, to get in, saying that was sex discrimination. And guess what? Public schools are not allowed to discriminate based on sex. So what have I told you so far? Nothing new. But in the opinion that allowed her into that school, uh, uh, Ginsburg, the big liberal, said, mm-hmm. listen, you can't discriminate uh, based on sex for admissions. Of course, you can have separate facilities. That's Ginsburg saying that 25 years ago or so. Of course, you can have separate intimate facilities. Now, fast forward to modern day, and somehow this is a crazy idea. We've talked about many times on your show before, Dave, that, uh, of course, we go back to the 60s, and we rightfully did away with that awful distinction between black and white bathrooms. But what did we not do away with? A distinction between male and female bathrooms. That's right. Right? Because everybody then... 
And and many people now still recognize that there are inherent biological differences between men and women. Now, finally, fast forward, and we have a trans community, and I say it all the time on your show, we need to be respectful of individuals, even the individuals that we disagree with. So uh, trans people, like all people, deserve respect. But what they, don't what they don't deserve is an entitlement to use whichever bathroom they deem appropriate. Society gets to make that call. And you and I have talked many times on this show, and I, my belief is a, a simple standard, an equitable, a fair standard, is it needs to be based on your biology. If you have the parts of a man, so to speak, I don't want to get detailed, right? Uh, then you go to the male bathroom and vice versa for the female bathroom. And and that should be the determining factor, not what people's um, uh, impression of their gender is. And they're entitled to that impression. I'm not asking them to change that impression. But I am saying that their impression doesn't need to be the impression of my 12-year-old daughter when she's in a public bathroom. Well, that doesn't have to But, Robert, from. here's the key. Impression doesn't change biology. Right, right. That, that's that's, right. that's the key to all of this. Impression right. changes nothing. Right. But it, listen, I want to give as much credit, shall we say, to the trans person. Said, but this is how I feel. And my response is, I, I agree. I recognize this is how you view yourself in this world. And, and what I say, you want to call yourself uh, by a different title? That's fine by me. I don't have a problem with it. I don't get wrapped up in all of that uh, kind of nonsense. But when it comes down to basic privacy rights in public bathrooms, I don't think it's a complicated equation. And, and you can't uh, have everybody's interest satisfied all the time as long as you have public bathrooms that are not individual stalls. Maybe in the future we'll move to that. But we're not there now, and it can't happen overnight, and we need a policy that is common sense. All right. Common La sense is the biology. All right. Last uh, last point on this, and then i got to get a break in because yes, we're sir. running out of time. Uh, Title IX, which is usually where we argue over this now, it was never – intended to be this to be argued about title nine title nine was to make sure that girls had adequate uh, athletic programs mm -hmm. to go along with the boys but title mm -hmm. nine treats the use of private facilities by members of the opposite sex as sexual harassment since it exposes people of one sex to the unwanted presence of the other sex title mm -hmm. nine's protections arose out of concerns about anatomical differences between the sexes. The notion of a gender identity separate from bodily sex would have confounded the framers of Title IX. Yeah, yeah. Well, well indeed, right? Because think about the terms. I remember when, when I was in college and I, I said the word, oh, well, the gender of the person, and someone corrected me and said, no, no, gender refers to pronouns like he or she. Uh, you're a man, I'm a woman, I'm not, but, you know, someone's a woman, uh, that's the sex of the person. But now gender has grown in its definition, uh, at least in the public, in some groups in the public, to mean what is not your biological sex, but how you view yourself. That, fine, if that's what you want to use the word gender for. But it doesn't change what Title IX uh, and all of these laws were designed to do. They were designed to 
create equality of opportunity for both sexes, but to also uh, respect the privacy and differences between biological sexes. Yeah, and it wasn't wasn't because somebody in their mind thought they were something. It specifically dealt with biological differences. That's right. It didn't deal with the gender issue. It dealt with the sex issue in that dichotomy that I just mentioned. Yeah. That's exactly right. All right. Let's get a, a final break in here, and then I'll be back to finish up with you. If you're thinking about claiming your Social Security benefits, stop for a moment and think, because you could be on the verge of making an irreversible mistake that could cost you tens of thousands of dollars in the lifetime that you get Social Security. This decision could trigger an avalanche of taxes, double your Medicare premiums. You could avoid this by attending an educational, maximizing Social Security class Friday, July the 13th. It's hosted by David Lucas from the David Lucas Show here on 101.1. The answer, you hear him on my show, and David is a good friend of mine. Uh, He's a good man, and he knows his stuff. The workshop makes claiming your benefits simple and easy. Registration is $18, includes a 34-page workbook called Maximizing Your Social Security Benefits. And seating is going to be very limited. So call 501-653-6690 now. That's 501-653-6690, or you can visit David Lucas Financial. Dot com. All right, back with you, the Dave Ellswick Show. Of course, Robert Steinbach with us. We've got about three minutes, about two minutes left, Robert. And uh, a couple of important things to talk about here. One, Democrats have shown, or at least some Democrats, have shown their true color in the uh, uh, the Hill, up in the Hill, on the, the House and the Senate, in trying to enact uh, gun-taking regulations and one that would make it necessary if passed and would sign by the uh, the president, which at this time I could tell you would not happen, uh, that you would have to have a government, whether state or federal, uh, license to own a semi-automatic or uh, you know firearm, whether that be a, a pistol or a uh, a rifle. And for everybody who has been saying for a long time that if you let the D- Democrats get in power. They take away our guns. I think that we can say now they have proven that point. Uh, Look, I think that's 100 percent right that the Democrats, we discussed this uh, many times on your show, are generally anti-gun. Not all of them, but I would say for the most part, they're anti-gun and they want to restrict gun rights. They, They use the vernacular of reasonable gun regulation, but they want much, much more. Well, that's reasonable to them. Right. Well, but but the, the the term reasonable gun regulation sounds like, oh, well, I can't buy a gun if I'm on a, a watch list until oh, yeah. that's cleared up, you know. But in reality, they want to eliminate your ability to buy guns when so many times they don't even understand the differences uh, among guns. You know, oh, well, these are weapons of war. And then people have debunked that. So you know what they say now? That they look like weapons of war. Yes. Well, yeah, it's like that's your problem that they look bad. I thought, by the way, we're not supposed to be concerned about appearances. But putting that aside, they look bad. That's yeah. the problem. The, the, 
so many people on the left don't understand that a two twenty three caliber shell is smaller than any of the thirty calibers than the than the three oh eight the thirty thirty mm-hmm. the other types of weapons that they say, oh yeah, you should own a hunting rifle, you just shouldn't own a two twenty three which is a lot less powerful weapon you're right what? Robert. I got to let you go, brother. Yes, sir. We'll do it again next Monday. Thank you for joining me here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We'll be back, that being me, at uh, 2 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Power panel in tomorrow, as well as the Bible guys in the 5 o'clock hour. You got a question for them? Bibleguys at SalemLR.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 